Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Thank you once again, always, for joining me today. As this is a granddaddy episode, it is the 2019 NFL Minnesota Vikings Purple Mafia Season Preview. It is my great pleasure to start what will be my 12th season covering your Minnesota Vikings here on Purple Mafia. Wow, 12th. I can't believe it. I'm sure some of you will be like, 12 years? Wow, I've been listening for 4, 5, or 6, or whatever. No, it's been 12 years. Uh, those of you out there, some of you might think 2013 would make you like a granddaddy podcasting host. Well, 2008, I must be a great, great granddaddy podcasting host at this point compared to some, but... Oh, well, not that it matters. If the quality's not good, it doesn't matter if I've been doing it since, you know, the year iPods came out, like 2001 or whatever. So if it's not a good show, then it is what it is. Hopefully you think it is. At the end of the day, though, let's hope it's a good season for the Minnesota Vikings as the cuts have been made. Just letting you know ahead of time, this show has been getting pieced together. So parts of segment number two recorded actually before this one. Just giving you a little heads up about that. So... Certain things hadn't happened yet. The Seattle uh, Seahawks did not trade for Jadavian Clowney until literally right after I had finished recording on Saturday morning. So my apologies there. I don't still don't see Seattle really as a playoff team, but it's an interesting trade. We all saw what happened to the Chicago Bears last year, acquiring a certain guy named Khalil Mack. That helped a little bit. It was just a little help, you know. It just helped the Bears a tiny bit. Uh, their defense is already dangerous a bit. We got frustrated with them in our final season game in 2017. They really... Got on our nerves a little bit, but uh, slight difference coming into the next season. Obviously, quarterback Mitch Trubisky and such and all that good stuff helped put the Bears on the NFL map until until Mr. Yeah, let's just leave that alone. Until there was a couple of doinks there that helped the Bears choke away a great opportunity to get to the NFC title game. Will they get there, uh, will they get there this year? We'll see. Very good. Uh, there's a very good chance they can, but uh, maybe the Minnesota Vikings will have something to say about it, and I quite frankly hope they do. Well, Dan Bailey, hopefully he's not doinking kicks because he will be the kicker. Matt Weil will remain the punter. The Minnesota Vikings move on from Corey Vedvik two weeks after trading a fifth round pick for him. Oh my <laughs> god! Yeah, kind kind of weird, huh? Kind kind of weird, but uh, okay. Uh, we traded a fifth round pick, and and uh, well, it, the Vikings uh, cut him. Yeah, they, they 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 just cut him because he was awful. They wanted him to compete with the Dan Bailey. He was bad. They wanted him to compete with Matt Weil. He wasn't as good, nearly. Uh, Matt, well, he wasn't quite as good as Matt Weil. Matt Weil slightly good enough, and of course, I guess a better a better holder. At the end of the day, though, some people would say Chad Beebe would be a much better holder. What the hell is going on with the special teams of the Minnesota Vikings? Let's just, oh my God, let's just get our ducks in a row because if the special teams aren't ready to get the job done, those big kicks that we need to make in those big playoff games, should we please the heck get there this time instead of last year screwing around with the Buffalo Bills going down 27 nothing in the first half or doinking three kicks in a row against the Packers and then overreacting, shooting from the hip like Mike Zimmer likes to do, and cutting the kicker and watching him go on to be one of the best kickers in the NFL for one of the worst teams we've ever seen, the Oakland Raiders. I don't know what I just said. What did I just say? Ah, never mind. Let's just get this freaking special teams ducks in a row. Bottom line, Mr. Maloof, Maloof. Not one of the owners of the Sacramento Kings or anything, former owners. 
Uh, anyway, the Maloof brothers. This is uh, Maloof's job here to hopefully get the Vikings Ducks in a row with the special teams. Oh my, I, I don't know. Uh, Holden Hill, as we all know, suspended for eight games because he's an idiot, I guess, and uh, needs to get his Ducks in a row. David Morgan still on the pup, and uh, Tayshawn Bauer in the uh, uh, Tayshawn Bauer also in the injured reserve and such. Hopefully David Morgan will be hanging on, and I do believe he will. I'm glad he's uh, going to be coming back at some point, i got to believe. Let's look at the uh, depth chart and such, our good feelings here. Well, the offensive line, no major surprises here, I'd have to say. And Udo did make it out of Ilan, the sixth-round pick. Good for him. Brian O'Neill, of course, will be the right tackle. God willing, he's healthy. Josh Klein, of course, the uh, right god, the right gourd. Uh, Garrett Bradbury will be the center of the Minnesota Vikings, of course. God willing, he will have a nice, long, very healthy career for the Minnesota Vikings and help the Vikings with that outside zone offense. And I do think the Vikings running game will be insanely better this year than last year uh, for so many reasons. The coaching schemes, the personnel, and please stay freaking healthy. And I love the Vikings running backs. I love the Minnesota Vikings running backs. No sarcasm whatsoever in that statement. Uh, Brett Jones, also very valuable backup center. Of course, unfortunately, Mr. Ellison on his way out. He uh, hung in there at times. Cornelius Ellison, uh, Edison, pardon me, on his way out. John Kenoy, also another center on his way out. Craig James, cornerback, on his way out. Nate Meters, Duke Thomas. Duke Thomas, who people had some hope for, a cornerback. He's on his way out for now. Don't be surprised if he's on the uh, practice squad. Maybe we'll get to that as we head into the uh, fan interaction segment. That'll pop up later in the day here as I finish up the show. So, as of course, again, piecing things together intentionally so we can get all the information into one show. That's the best way to go if you're going to preview the season. Arnie <laughs> Henry St. Amour. Boy, I love that name, defensive end. Ed Aruna, fifth round pick, uh, excuse me, seventh round pick last year, defensive end. I wouldn't be surprised if he winds up on the practice squad. Hopefully. Hopefully the Vikings can pick him up. There were some hopes for him. Uh, Tito Odenegbo, he's on his way out. Of course, brother of the other Odenegbo on the Vikings recently. Uh, Danny Isadora traded to the Miami Dolphins for a seventh-round pick. Good luck to him there. Seventh-round pick for a fifth-round pick in Danny Isadora, which is what he was a few years back. Kari Blazin game, I like him a lot. I wouldn't mind him getting on the practice squad. Yeah, I know he's just a fullback, but he's kind of good. I kind of like Kari Blazin game. And it's not just because his name is cool. I, I kind of liked him. Uh, Stacy Keeley, defensive end out. Cardi, Carter Schultz, uh, also defensive end. Cut Cortis, Curtis, what am I saying? Cortis. Curtis, that's kind of a common name. Cawthren, defensive tackle. And Tito Odenigbo, as I just said. Uh, Kari Vedvik, kicker, punter, whatever he is, maybe the Vikings can squeeze him under the practice squad, and that would definitely that would mean he's at least there's at least a chance still he can stick around. You just never know what's going to happen there. Richard Cliet on his way out, linebacker Devante Downs, a draft pick just last season. Also, hopefully maybe he'll wind up on the practice squad. Cameron Smith, I can't believe that. Greer Martini, fifth round pick Cameron Smith. There were some hopes for him. Uh, practice squad, hopefully. Did I mention practice squad? You can get about 12 guys on there. I hope the Vikings can scoop him up and get him back. Avante Collins, also a name out there, offensive tackle. He had his chances. Storm Norton, one of the cooler names, offensive tackle. OT on his way out for now, unfortunately. O-U-T. Nate Wozniak on his way out. Yep, Kyle Browning and Kyle, excuse me, Jake Browning and Kyle Sloter. Kyle Sloter, much to everybody's chagrin. He's got some. He's got some. Uh, he's got some of that it factor. He's got a little bit of that Case Keenum factor, but probably with a better arm. This and that. So there's an it factor with Kyle Slaughter that a lot of people like. Uh, Jake Browning. 
uh, you know, it's just not enough of an arm, I, I guess. But one of these guys maybe can get squeezed out of the practice squad. Otherwise, Kyle Slaughter, don't be surprised if he winds up with a team like the Colts or something like that. Probably not Miami. I think they're good to go right now, but I, I don't know. It's kind of weird. I don't know. I guess the Vikings, it, it's a special teams thing. It's this and that, yet still some of these linebackers on their way out, surprisingly. Cameron Smith and Devontae Towns, when you only keep two quarterbacks on the roster. Kind of weird, but uh, maybe Browning will wind up on the practice squad. He'll probably be easier to keep than Kyle Sloter at this stage. Would not be surprised if Kyle Sloter is scooped up to at least be somebody's third stringer, if not even their backup. D'Angelo Henderson, as expected, as good as he was, uh, he's going to get scooped up by somebody, i got to think. He's he's solid. It's just the Vikings have good depth at running back now, which is nice. Deron Smith, the safety. Isaiah Wharton, both safeties on their way out. Cole Hitkutini, a lot of people thought he was going to make it. It ended up being another guy. We'll get to him in a moment. Probably a better blocker. Kind of like Cole, but uh, he's on his way out. Jeff Badette, who knows, maybe maybe uh, Cole will wind up on the uh, practice squad. Jeff Badette, too injury-prone, unfortunately. Definitely has some skill factor. Definitely has some skills. Davion Davis, Alexander Hollins, and Dylan Mitchell, seventh-round pick. I think one of those dudes is going to wind up on the practice squad. Laquan Treadwell, one of the greatest wide receiver draft picks of all time. Um... For six Hall, uh, he's definitely a surefire Hall of Famer. Six Pro Bowlers, like Brent Jacobson said, six Pro Bowls and all that good stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the guy couldn't catch. He couldn't separate. And I don't know. I mean, isn't that the goal of being a wide receiver to catch and to get some separation? And he could do neither. Apparently, he had a pretty serious ankle injury in college. A lot of people thought that could hinder his NFL game, his pro game. Yet he still went in the first round to Minnesota, and we passed on Michael Thomas, who. Uh, wind up having a slightly better career with the New Orleans Saints. Even though that's a good offense and everything, the Vikings offense isn't that bad. It's not that bad, and I think uh, Michael Thomas would have fit in very nicely with the 2017 Vikings, along with last year's and this year's and stuff and stuff. Brendan Zilstra, we'll see if the Vikings keep him on the practice squad, but I'm not really, I'm not a big fan of Brendan Zilstra, even though he's a good special teamer, and that's it. He's not really, there's not really much to offer as a wide receiver as far as I'm concerned from Brendan Zilstra, but we'll see. God bless him. He's a Minnesota native, and we, we love those and all that stuff, and we had another one end up being a spectacular success in Adam Thielen, who he was a practice squad guy, and then he barely made the team, and then he started showing what he could do, slowly but surely, and that's basically what happened with uh, Mr. Adam Thielen, kind of similar to Marcus Geralds, who was kept on as the practice squad kind of like a year and a half, then found his way barely on the roster, and just hung on and hung on and became a valuable piece. But uh, obviously Adam Thielen far more successful uh, as a whole than I would say uh, Marcus Sherrills is, even though Sherrills has had some wonderful moments as a punt returner. Now he'll be going to the Saints. But I do think he declined each and every of the last three or four years here, getting a little bit slower. Seemed to lose about a step or so during the course of the last three to four years. Like about a quarter a step per year, it seemed like, with uh, Mr. Uh, he just became fair catch Cheryl's. That's Miss Marcus Cheryl's, of course. God bless him um, and his brother and all that with the health issues and such. Very important uh, thing that we keep uh, near our hearts. Of course, Dylan Mitchell. I, hopefully the Vikings can keep him on the practice squad or something. I mean, we'll see what decisions are made as we move on into the day. And again, Mr. Vedvik, which is just... That just ended up being an utter disaster, I'd have to say. A lot of people would agree with that. Sean Mannion will be backing up Kirk Cousins. He's got a bit more of an arm. He's got more special skills than some of the other guys out there, and he's been in the he's been in the trenches, he's been out there, and he's been a, a legitimate backup quarter uh, backup quarterback who helps out the starter, you know, with the clipboard and such, in the big moments during the games and such. He's kind of basically you're basically like a scout when you're a backup quarterback. You're kind of playing the scout game, helping out your starter, 
And a talk is that that Kyle Slaughter isn't just just isn't that kind of guy. He's more of a, let's go out and play. Come on, let's play. Let's play. Practice. I mean, we're talking about practice here. I'm supposed to be a starting quarterback, and we're in here talking about practice. We're talking about practice, man. Well, but unfortunately, in the NFL, you don't really, you can't really get away with that. I guess certain NBA players that think they're bigger than life think they're bigger than life. Uh, tend to think that way. Yeah, and that was to think that was X amount of years ago with Allen Iverson today. Whew, ugh, don't even get me started. Still love the game, but I don't like the players as much as I used to. Um, you know what they say? Don't hate the players, hate the game. I kind of the opposite with me when it comes to the NBA lately. That's just me. I still love the game, but the players are annoying. Some of them. NFL Vikings. Let's get back to where I need to be. Chad Beebe did make it, and one of my favorite guys on the on the uh, in the. Uh, preseason this year. Ola B.C. Johnson, or as they say, just B.C. Johnson, since we don't want to be so formal. Number 81. Gotta love that number. I love uh, Anquan Bolden and other great number 81s over the years. Tim Brown and such. Ola B.C. or B.C. Johnson, 7th round pick, 2019. B.C. Johnson is a Minnesota Viking. Very happy, and I do think he has some special skills that can land him some snaps in the National Football League on Sundays and won't be on the inactive, but will be wearing purple rather than just wearing a, a, maybe a jersey with no uh, shoulder pads underneath it, that type of situation. Very intrigued by Ola B.C. Johnson. Dakota Dozier, former New York Jet. A lot of people had him cut and off the roster. He's here now, though, as you never know what's going to happen with the waiver wires and the practice squad and this and that. You never know what's going to happen. Guys make the team, and the next thing you know, they're still cut, and that stinks. Uh, and there's Oda Nigbo. Left defensive end, 7th round pick in 2017. Still hanging on. Yeah, we'll come back to where we need to be. But wide receivers, Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs, Chad Beebe. Chad Beebe. Only four wide receivers kept because we have a lot of tight ends as well. We have four tight ends, including a, a guy who was picked up as a free agent. Made the team for now. We'll get back to him in a couple seconds here. Literally seconds. Uh, but those are your big four for wide receiver. And I think each and every one of them can contribute to this team this, this season. Um, Chad Beebe, just stay freaking healthy and be more consistent. But uh, it's nice to see him on Sundays this year rather than just kind of practice squad and hanging on and getting a hangnail and being out for five weeks. So let's try to stay away from that. Riley Reef is your left tackle. Your left guard is Patrick Elfline, of course. Again, being replaced by Bradbury, Bradbury at center. He's basically your backup center, depending on how things go, this and that. Or you just throw Brett Jones right into the fold because he's he's really... Uh, He's been a lot better than a lot of people thought. Coming into last season, he stunk. But as the year progressed, he kind of hung in there and looked looked the part a bit. Your backup again, backup left tackle, Dakota Dozier at the moment. Backup left guard, Rashad Hill, though he can definitely play tackle, and he's played tackle quite a bit. Brett Jones is your backup center, and of course he can even play tackle. Uh, Drew Samia, not Samia, Drew Samia. Fourth round pick. He almost, some people thought he wasn't even going to make the team, which would have been a huge disaster, but no, he's a legitimate right guard, and Vikings need him. And <laughs> Olisameka. Okay, let's just say Udo. Let's just say Oli Udo instead of all that other stuff. In fact, that's what they call him anyway. Oli Udo out of Elon. Sixth round pick will be the backup right tackle behind Brian O'Neill. Brian O'Neill who again, hopefully, and pray to God, he's healthy and ready to go, and I'll talk as he will be. Very valuable right tackle who did a hell of a job for the Vikings last season. Kyle Rudolph, of course, inked that big contract, and he's going to be with the Vikings for the long-term future, or so we'd like to believe. We all know how those contracts can magically disappear come April, come March and April on a regular basis. Irv Smith Jr. is the 
second uh, second line tight end, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's out there with Kyle Rudolph in some offensive sets. Uh, Tyler Conklin, who's shown more and more ability, looks a lot better than he did last year. The guy couldn't catch a cold last year. Oh, I got sick of it. He can block a bit, but he can also catch. And Brandon Dillon definitely brought in as a blocking tight end. I think that's one of the reasons Brandon Dillon is here, because he's probably holding down the fort for uh, a certain guy named uh, David Morgan. I think David Morgan ultimately takes that spot back. But uh, best of luck to Brandon Dillon, depending on how things go. Maybe he maybe he stays on. Who, who knows what the Vikings are going to do. Only two quarterbacks, Curtis Kirk, no, Curtis, Kirk Cousins, Curtis Kirk Cousins with no crap. He's only making $28 million a year, so, uh, you know, Sean Mannion might have outperformed. No, he didn't. Kirk Cousins had some good moments, and he had an awful third game, but, well, just don't have an awful regular season. That's all that matters. Preseason is what it is. We didn't see any glaring weaknesses, though the secondary not as good as it's been uh, historically under Mike Zimmer. So a little question mark, and there were holes in that secondary in the later stages, all the way dating back to 2017, and things improved last year in the Philly game, and then, I don't know, and then just we couldn't run the ball, and we couldn't do this, and we couldn't do that. Kirk Cousins made some weird mistakes along the way, and that's what kind of doomed the Vikings' playoff hopes. Running back, there will be four running backs on the roster. There will be four running backs on the roster. The superstar threat, Delvin Cook, who can run 22 miles an hour and go for 85 yards on a given uh, on a, uh, at, the, at the given time when given the opportunity. Mar- uh, Mattias Alexander, Matt, Matt Alexander, we can call him. Madison Alexander, not Mattias. Madison Alexander, again, third-round pick where the Vikings kind of kept trading down and picking up assets along the way, which did help. The Vikings ultimately get an Ola B.C. Johnson along the way. So, savvy, savvy moves there, I'd have to say, at the end of the day. And you wind up with a really good number two running back, who I think could be a spot starter in the NFL. Not like a, he's not a star, but he has the ability to be a very good long-term running back in the National Football League, and I think he's going to have a long, successful career. Definitely more of a thunder than a lightning, so your lightning is Dalvin, your thunder is Madison. And Amir Abdullah does make the team. He is the special team's ace, per se, at the moment as a returner, and he just needs to hang on to the bleeping football when actually playing regular running back. And he was a pretty good running back for Detroit. Just the fumbling was kind of an issue and such, and Detroit moved on, and Minnesota picked him up. And Mike Boone, one of the big thunders right there, Michael Boone Thunder right there, definitely proving his worth, and I do believe he will be an NFL running back for many years, and I I hope he is. I love Mike Boone, actually. Mike Boone uh, definitely has made a name for himself over what Rock Thomas was, and unfortunately, Rock Thomas is no longer a factor for the Minnesota Vikings. His name was, uh, he was not even on Minnesota in the preseason this year. Daniil Hunter is your star, left defensive end. He is ready to kick some major butt. Right defensive end is Everson Griffin, of course. Linval Joseph, the nose tackle, probably one of my favorite players, literally one of my top two or three players on the entire team. Shamar Stefan will be taking over for the three technique role at taking that number 93 away from uh, uh, Sheldon Richardson last year. Uh, Jalen Holmes hanging on, fourth round from 2018. Obviously, he's he's got a lot of talent, though. Gotta love what Jalen Holmes is. He was actually projected to be significantly higher. Uh, Od- Enigma will be the backup behind uh, Daniel Hunter. Jaleel, Jaleel Johnson, who's definitely proven his worth the last few years. He'll be behind uh, Mr. Limbaugh Joseph. And Stephen Weatherly, who obviously was a valuable guy, ended up coming back to Minnesota from Seattle in the offseason. So there you go. We're happy about that, I suppose, behind Everson Griffin. 
Hercules Mata'afa. Mata'afa. That Mata'afa, Hercules, a lot of people like him. And Armand Watts, sixth round in the in 2019, ends up making the club. We'll see what happens there. We'll keep moving very quickly. Anthony Barr will be at the linebacker, of course. Uh, no kidding. And hopefully you can get some pass rush out of him. Though they're talking about he won't really be used in the uh, Khalil Mack role, which to me, I ask, why? I mean, can, may I ask why? If that's not who he is. Well, I think that's his most valuable asset. His most valuable attribute is pressuring the quarterback, and we could sure use that. Look, look, look at the success the Chicago Bears had. If Anthony Barr is just going to be like a regular linebacker rather than a blitzing type of linebacker, so be it. But please, don't put him back into coverage. Just If you put him back into coverage, just pack a lunch. It's going to be a long day, it's going to suck, and we're going to be pissed off, and we're going to be wishing Anthony Barr never inked another contract with this bleeping team. But, uh, well, don't put him into coverage, okay? Come on. I mean, the, you, you guys know a lot more than Joe Q, Paladino Joey here on Purple Mafia. Your defensive coordinators, your defensive legendary coaches like Mike Zimmer. I mean, the guy could coach defense in his sleep. So don't put Anthony Barr in coverage, please. And if that's going to be the case, uh, I'm not going to say so, be it. Please, please don't make me cry. Eric Hendricks, the middle linebacker. Ben Gideon will be in there as well, of course. Ben Gideon will be the third linebacker. And Kentrell Brothers, again, on the squad from 2016's draft of the fifth round. And Eric Wilson, who definitely has hung on and made a name for himself the last few years. Good for him. He is right back on Minnesota once again. Trey Waynes may be entering the final season of his uh, for the Minnesota Vikings, the first-round pick. We'll see how high his price goes, but maybe the Vikings end up parting ways with Xavier Rhodes instead. Trey Waynes has had some spectacular moments and sometimes some big gaffes, but... Trey Waynes, when he's on his game, he is a shutdown corner in this league. Chris Boyd, a lot of people had him on his way out, but he made it. Chris Boyd, you made it, buddy. Seventh-round pick out of Tejas, Texas. Number 38, Chris Boyd ends up making the, the Minnesota Vikings. Harrison Smith, one of the easiest choices ever to be on the Minnesota Vikings at strong safety. And a guy who I think resembles him a little bit. Uh, a lot of people feared he actually wasn't going to make the team because he had some gaffes in coverage, but it wasn't necessarily all his fault in the Arizona game and such. A lot of people thought Marcus Epps was on his way out, but nope, he does make it. I think he resembles Harrison Smith a little bit. His game, he's got that, he's a hard hitter and he's able to kind of attack and stop the run, this and that, and those big third downs. I like Marcus Epps out of Wyoming so much, I got a Wyoming hat. Isn't that crazy? A Wyoming Cowboys hat? It's mostly because you just sit and watch him. You watch his highlights and you just fall in love with those uniforms and the colors. At least I did. Some of you might look at it and think it looks like a different thing. That's brown. We'll leave that alone. But uh, I love those uniforms. I like that Old West look. And most of all, I think Marcus Epps has a chance to be something pretty good in this league. If, uh, and with this secondary coaching of Mike Zimmer and and his, uh, you know, his his colleagues, I think can really help Marcus Epps ultimately fill in, especially if Harrison Smith gets hurt or needs a breather, this and that, and ultimately maybe take over someday. As of course Harrison Smith is. Uh, seven years older than Marcus Epps, so it is what it is. Father Time is undefeated, as we all know. Anthony Harris, a guy who is just, you know, what a nice addition he was to this team way back in 2015. Remember remember when Harrison Smith was injured and the Vikings needed help so badly and we got schooled by Aaron Rodgers and destroyed by uh, Seattle in those games back in 2015? And not the playoff game, but in U.S. Bank Stadium earlier in the year when the Vikings went through that down period when Harrison Smith was out. And I kept saying on this show, enough is enough. Somebody, one of you, one of you backups needs to step up and 
you know, needs to step up and, and uh, do something here. I mean, or the Minnesota Vikings season is over. Anthony Harris stepped up in a huge way. And ever since then, he has really hung on to this team. He kept making the team as a backup, making the team as a backup. And ultimately, instead of uh, what we've had there the last few years, Instead of Sandejo, now it is Anthony Harris. Sandejo on his way out, and off he goes, and J. Ron Kurtz will be backing him up. J. Ron Kurtz is another guy who's been so viable. Seventh-round pick in 2016. He has made the team each and every year from being a seventh-round pick, so awesome there. Minnesota Vikings secondary draft picks have been very successful in the Mike Zimmer era, and J. Ron Kurtz and Anthony Harris, both of them. Uh, Anthony Harris was just a, a free agent signing, kind of like Holden Hill down the stretch. Holden Hill, a bit of a better name, though. A lot of people thought he might be top three-round talent. But we know what's going on. You know, he's just kind of a mess. Xavier Rhodes and McKinsey Alexander. McKinsey Alexander very likely will be a slot corner, as he always has been. Very valuable. Mike Hughes hopefully able to come back and be healthy once again. That would be great news for all of us at the end of the day. That's your Minnesota Vikings roster. So as you kind of go up and down the roster, those are all the guys that made the team. I talked about the guys who did not make the team. And now... Well, now we have to move on to the regular season and hope for the best. Of course, your head coach is Zimmer, your offensive coordinator, Kevin Stefanski, defensive coordinator, George Edwards, and your special teams coordinator, Marwan Malouf. With all of that said, what are the Vikings' chances of having a successful season? Well, I mean, it all depends on, obviously, the offensive line being better than last year, and I think it will be. Obviously, taking pressure off of Kirk Cousins would help in a big way. And, of course, you know, you do that, obviously, by better pass protection, uh, different coaching schemes than we had last year, where you were trying to have this spectacular offense where you're literally passing the ball every other down, or, no, more than that, basically, like, five out of six pass, uh, five out of six plays were pretty much passing plays. Got to run the ball more often, obviously. Having the lead helps. If you're behind, you're, you're going to end up having to pass more often because, of course, you know, when you run the ball, it's burning the clock. That's all kind of NFL common sense, NFL 101 type stuff. But, well, pass protection, run protection, taking pressure off Cousins, some of that bootleg stuff, some of those uh, rollouts and such where Kirk Cousins can be a little more mobile rather than just standing in the pocket and hoping for the best with, uh, obviously, defensive linemen flying at him and linebackers and such. That's the hope the Vikings have to not only make the playoffs but win the NFC North. Uh, this team can win the NFC North, without a doubt, again, if a lot of that does come into place. As uh, long as the secondary hangs in there and doesn't fall apart, which some people are afraid of. Uh, a lot of people believe Trey Waynes or Xavier Rhodes and or Xavier Rhodes could be in their final season at the Minnesota Vikings. I think chances are higher that Xavier Rhodes is actually gone than Trey Waynes. That's just my guess. He just He's playing like an old man, and it's kind of weird. Uh, thankfully, McKenzie Alexander has a chance to be something. Mike Hughes obviously has a ton of skill, a ton of talent. A weird draft pick at the time when the Minnesota Vikings desperately needed offensive line help during last season. That was kind of the case when, uh, you know, that's why a lot of us were so devastated last year when they took Mike Hughes, but at least Mike Hughes does provide turnovers, and he pretty much jumped right into that lineup, which is actually quite unusual, even though he was a first-round pick. The way he just jumped right in there and was a factor right away, he didn't really feel like, oh, God, that's a rookie mistake there. Oof, oh, boy, he looks, he's, he's, he's got the skill, but oof, boy, <laughs> he's got some, some uh, wrinkles to, to iron out, basically, as you head into his career in you didn't really get that vibe from Mike Hughes. Now it's more of, can the guy get healthy and stay healthy, this and that, as ACLs just tend to drag, 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 the recovery and such. And it was such a freak injury because it was non-contact. And uh, 
I don't know. That tends to happen way too often. Just your 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 foot plants, and then part of your moves, and the other part doesn't. And oh lord, and it sucks. And that's kind of what happened with Mike Hughes, as a lot of us saw. Similar thing happened to Delvin Cook the year before, and that took forever for him to kind of recover and such. Hopefully, things get uh, keep heading in the right direction for both of those guys. Basically, it was within about a five-foot radius on the field that both of them suffered their injury at U.S. Bank Stadium. Pretty strange. Almost like a haunted little hole there in the field. Might need Zach Bagans and such to come and investigate. Zach Bagans of Ghost Adventures and all that. <laughs> Aaron and all those guys come in and take a look at what the heck is going on, right? No, uh, let's just exercise our demons there when it comes to that. Minnesota Vikings <laughs> cannot afford to have any more first-round pick injuries. Oh, Lord, please. No, don't even think about it. Nope, nope, no more injuries. Uh, Minnesota did acquire Mark Fields from Kansas City, by the way, to help fill the void left by the suspended uh, Holton Hill. Obviously, Minnesota still believes that he will be a factor for this team for a long time. That's why the Vikings did not... Uh, Cut him at the end of the day. Again, he won't be back until middle of the season, and that's the crappy part. Uh, Minnesota Vikings' chances of having a winning record this year, I think, are very high. Uh, a lot of crazy things went wrong last year, and Minnesota still was 8-7-1. and We almost made the playoffs, but, of course, the Bears game went the way it did. Quite unfortunate. Uh, Vikings will be playing Atlanta next week, leading into the season and all that. Finally, got to look forward to that. Atlanta. I think Vikings can beat Atlanta, but I do think Atlanta has greatly improved, and you'll hear about them in the second segment for multiple reasons, of course. This and that. Uh, I do think they're definitely a playoff team. I think the Vikings are a playoff team. I think the Bears are a playoff team. This and that. You can go on forever. Packers will be kind of kind of lingering, this and that, but I'm not so sure. If you want to go down the schedule here to see how the Vikings are going to finish, I'm leaning 10-6, and 11-5 at the end of the day, and 12 and 4 would be great, but I'll go with Atlanta, a victory by Minnesota. Victory by Minnesota and US Bank uh UX Bank Stadium on September the 8th, 1 and 0 at Green Bay, Minnesota, September 15th. You know, I mean the Vikings should beat this team, but I don't know, weird things happen there. I'll go with a loss for now. Oakland and Minnesota, no excuse. You lose that game, your season's ruined. I mean, your season's freaking ruined. It'll be just like Buffalo last year, September 22nd. Minnesota beats Oakland, 2-2. Two and two. Minnesota heads to Chicago on September 29th. Well, unless you're the 2017 or 1998 Minnesota Vikings, I don't know, we just never win there for some bleeping reason. Um, it just never happens. The 2009 Vikings didn't win there, 2-2. Two and two. At the New York Giants, Vikings got to beat that team. They're not that good. At the New York Giants, it's a difficult place to play. Vikings have had minimal success in New York, but I think it's going to be similar to the Jets game last year. Maybe we're already struggle for a little bit and pull away. Vikings 3-2. and two. Hosting the Philadelphia Eagles on October the 23rd, Vikings go 4-2 and two and defeat the Philadelphia Eagles. Minnesota heads to Detroit, and with the current coaching situation and the lack of morale with that franchise, despite the fact that I do think they'll be a little better this year, and the Vikings have struggled in Detroit for many years, but um, I don't know. I think the Vikings should beat Matt Patricia's Detroit Lions 5-2. and two. Vikings host Case Keenum, if he's still the quarterback, if it's not Haskins, and Adrian Peterson, that'll be a fun, fun coming out party. Minnesota goes to 6-2 and two on October the 24th. Nice little win streak there. We head to what I think might be a Super Bowl champion type of team in the Kansas City Chiefs. They'll be in the mix for the Super Bowl this year. I'll just leave it at that for now. November the 3rd, Vikings lose in Arrowhead Stadium. We never win there, even when the Chiefs are mediocre at best. 6-3 and three. at Dallas, Minnesota. I think we should win that game, but we hardly ever do, and it's extremely frustrating. 
we hardly ever win that game. So right now I'm leaning towards a loss, even though we should be able to beat them, but we'll say six and four. So that'll be extremely disappointing there. Uh, Minnesota hosts the Denver, Denver Nuggets, Denver Broncos on November the 17th, right when I'm finishing up lawn service, this and that. That'll be an interesting day there. I believe hopefully the lawn service should be done by then. That'd be great. And I'll be telling you how happy I am that I'm done. <laughs> Vikings do win that game. Seven and four. Minnesota defeats the Broncos seven and four. Bye week on November 24th. So that stinks. It would have been nice to have a bye week when I'm out working hard in the cleanups to kind of give me a little break there. But no, because I think by the 24th, I'll be done for sure. <laughs> December the 2nd at Seattle. Do we ever beat the Seahawks in, in that stadium? No. So that sounds like, what, 7 and 5. Ouch. 7 and 5. So I might be going 10 and 6 here, unless I have the Vikings beating Dallas. Vikings go to the, San Diego, the Los Angeles Chargers, pardon me, on December 15th. I don't think we ever beat them on the road, like ever, even when they're not good. <sighs> 7 and 6. No, 8 and 6, pardon me. 8 and 6. Vikings will beat Detroit. I'm jumping too far ahead. Vikings will definitely beat Detroit in U.S. Bank Stadium on December the 8th. That'll be 8 and 6. 8-5, and five, pardon me, 8-6 and six with the loss in uh, L.A. Chargers in the weird stadium they have there. Vikings then host Green Bay and Chicago to wrap things up, 23rd and 29th. Vikings would finish 10-6. and six. For me, the games that can change the season a little bit would be winning at Dallas, Seattle, games like that. If we can win one of those two, then there's your 11-5 and five season. And if, God forbid, something, you know, maybe the Vikings actually beat Green Bay and win those other games, you got 12-4. and four. So, again... Dallas game. It depends on how well the Vikings are playing at that moment and just how ready this team is to play this year. That the Vikings will end up being eleven and five or ten and six at the end of the day. And hopefully and pray to God that's the way it heads. And the Minnesota Vikings and all of us fans will be very, very happy at that time if the Vikings could beat the Dallas Cowboys midway through the season there, because I think that's a pivotal game because it's Ted Dallas is kind of a fringe playoff team, and the Vikings should be a little bit better than that. But, I don't know, winning in Dallas for Minnesota has not happened very often. It just doesn't happen very often. In fact, we don't often beat the Cowboys here, unless we're, like, significantly better than the Dallas Cowboys, which the Minnesota Vikings were in 1999, thankfully, in that playoff game. And especially in 2009, 10 whole bleeping years later, Vikings definitely a better team than actually was a pretty decent 11-5 and Cowboys team. But the Vikings definitely took care of business in that game, much to our supreme delight so again very pivotal game in dallas that'll make a big difference at the end of the day i think uh, with the final standings and of course green bay just like last year tying with green bay messed up everything let's keep the ties out of there dan bailey veteran kicker hopefully a nice renaissance for him and matt weil hopefully keeps getting better and better and whoever the heck is holding on to the bleeping ball will be a difference maker as well and maybe a close game in dallas or green bay or seattle down the stretch but uh J- jadavian Clowney, now part of the seattle seahawks a little bit of a renaissance for the Legion, Legion of Boom, possibly, or the Emerald Curtain. As seems like we never play Seattle here lately. It's always over there, and uh, it just doesn't work out. Vikings win in Seattle? Wow. Vikings are going to have a hell of a year. Maybe, maybe you might be looking at 12 and 4, 13 and 3. First round by, and uh, well, okay. Let's uh, start a parade route conversation, if humanly possible. This time we can actually finish the job in the postseason and not screw around anymore. Um, but with that said, I have the Vikings finishing 10-6, and 11-5, and, and hoping for the best long-term at the end of the day for this team. Minnesota Vikings will make the playoffs, and you'll hear more and more about that in segment number two right after this.
are back here on Purple Mafia. Time to look at the NFL preview and such. How I feel, how the season's going to go. The Super Bowl champion, obviously conference, divisions, all that. So, not going to do every division necessarily up and down. But, well, I'll do something similar to that, I suppose. Let's go into the AFC first. Of course, I do think the Patriots make the playoffs again. I think they'll be right in the mix and all that. The New York Jets, blah, blah, blah. All these other teams. The Jets should be greatly improved. But... Uh, it's a tough call to see if they'll make the playoffs or not. I mean, the Steelers, the Browns, all teams like that, they're probably going to make it. The Chiefs and Chargers are pretty much locks. The Raiders, yeah, they made their big moves, this and that, but they still stink. I mean, I can't trust the Raiders. I don't think they're going to really get any better. Quite a commitment that they made to Mr. John Gruden, old Chucky himself, but uh, I don't know, man. I don't know how... I don't know how things are going to work out with the Oakland Raiders. It's kind of sad because remember how good they were just a couple of years ago with uh, Mr. Carr, Mr. Derek Carr. They were so good. They're 12-4. and four. Injuries took place. They lost home field advantage, and it was just like, eh, you know, third-string quarterback leading the way. I mean, that's just devastating. They just haven't been the same since. Derek Carr hasn't even been close, so it's kind of sad. I think the Titans have a definite shot of getting to the uh, the wild card. The Jaguars, I think, also should have a chance. I mean, why not? You got Nick Foles leading the way now. Is he just a system quarterback? Is it him and Doug Peterson, you know, and all that? Was that the magic they had that'll go to another team and you'll never see it again? Kind of like, you know, Jeff Hostetler, guys like that. The magic he had with the New York Giants, knitting them to the Super Bowl championship over the Buffalo Bills. Bills probably should have won that game, obviously, if old Norcutt didn't have the ball cut to the uh, the left there. That was quite unfortunate. Yeah, we always talk. We always bring that up every now and then, I suppose. Well, they took a kicker in the first round and all that. And the Vikings like to give up draft picks for kickers. When just about no kickers that's been drafted has really done anything for Minnesota, going all the way back into the uh, about 10, 10 plus years ago, taking the punter there. Still don't understand that one. Took the punter, and things didn't work out so good there either. Oh, boy. Minnesota is crazy. <laughs> we'll just kind of keep moving from there. Oh, well, the Colts aren't going to make the playoffs, I don't think. So I guess that division is going to go to the Jags or the Titans. I mean, the Texans, too, though. I mean, it's a deep division there. The Jaguars, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I really don't know what's going to happen with the Jaguars either. I can't count on them. I'm going to say no. Even though they have a good running back, awesome defense, and is Nick Foles going to bring some of that magic? He's going to be a full-time starter for the Jags. He had some moments in the past. It's mostly when he took over the Eagles. All of his success was with the Eagles. It, it really was. Had some moments with the Chiefs that were very slight, very little bits here and there. He was just behind Alex Smith, and you didn't see him a whole lot. Went to the Rams, didn't succeed. The Eagles, years and years ago, had that incredible uh, touchdown-to-interception ratio. Like, was it 21-2 to or something insane like that? He's a Philadelphia Eagle, man. And uh, I don't know, it's going to be a fish out of water, I think, in Jacksonville. That's just my take. I don't think the Jaguars make the playoffs. I guess it's going to be the Titans, I guess. I mean, I guess, old Mariota. Kind of a tough team, this and that, but are they that great? Uh, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's just going to be one of those divisions kind of won by default. Who knows, maybe Indianapolis will win the division. No, they're not going to win the division. <laughs> it's too, too, too devastating of a change there for that club. It's just one of those things that happens. Yeah, like where the fans booed him and all that. I, but I'm, I'm not a fan of all that. I, I don't really want to talk about it forever either. I mean, it was talked about nonstop during the course of the week. How could you boo or how could you blame the fans, blah, 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 either way. I'm just going to stay neutral. I don't know. I, 
frankly, well, is this a, is this an Indianapolis Colts podcast? No, so we're just gonna kind of let that go for the time being. Is that okay? Is that okay with you? Or am I ducking the question? Okay, I'm not ducking the question. Whatever, it's his choice. This and that. Uh, I understand both sides. Okay, I understand both sides. It's his choice. You know, I mean, we're not the ones having people. <laughs> we're not the ones having gigantic men flying at us. With our, you know, our knee could buckle at any second. Our ankle could snap. You know, concussion. This and that. If he wants to step away, he can step away. Uh, and if the fans frustrated that your star quarterback that he hardly even got to see the last couple of years is is already his career is already over before he even turns thirty, it's pretty damn frustrating. Watch him resurface with the Miami Dolphins or something in a couple of years. Whatever. <laughs> he probably won't, but who knows? He seems like the kind of guy that when he makes up his mind, he's going to move on. He doesn't seem like the type. He's just going to come back and, uh, you know, it's going to be uh, kumbaya and all that. That's just my humble opinion. Good luck to the club. Jacoby Brisket, Brissett, Brissett is going to have to lead the way. Brisket, <laughs> Brissett, and Philip Walker will be leading the way at quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts, and it'll be just like when the Colts sucked for luck uh, years ago when Peyton Manning had the neck surgery and all that and ended up going with the Denver Broncos. They sucked for luck, and they got luck, and they didn't get too lucky with luck, except for a couple moments here and there, and then everyone else, everyone's going to blame Deflategate for the reason they lost that game, but they got the crappy out of them. I mean, I, I, come on. So, yes, yes, I'm loyal to the Patriots as well. They're my second favorite team, and I know we can't have a second favorite team. It's against the rules, but... I don't know. Is there anything wrong with cheering for a team when your team is not in the playoffs or loses in the first round? Is, is there really anything wrong with saying, okay, I'd like to see this team win? I don't know. I, it makes the playoffs more enjoyable. It's rather than it's better than just shutting down completely. I mean, January can be a lot of fun if you're, like, actually, you know, have a little tiny bit of a rooting interest, even though it might not be your team, this and that, your original team. Okay, well, again, the Colts, they were going to win the division. They, a lot of people actually thought they might make it to the AFC title game this year, and I wouldn't be really against that. I wouldn't be too surprised. The Chiefs' uh, playoff history has been what it's been. Obviously, you got an MVP type of player there. What I love about Patrick Mahomes, he looks like Steph Curry. He's talented like Steph Curry, but he doesn't have the cockiness. He doesn't have the cockiness. That's what I love about him, the arrogance and the... Facial expressions and every little bleep in time, something good happens. He's got to dance like he's at some freaking nightclub. You don't see any of that out of Patrick Mahomes. In fact, he, well, he donated it to veterans and all that. So injured veterans and such, which I think is a wonderful thing. So I love Patrick Mahomes and I wish him all the success in the world at the end of the day. So, and you know, the Chiefs are kind of cool too. It's just a creepazoid uh, former podcast host that I thought was a friend ended up not being one. So we'll leave that alone. That's the only reason I'd root against the Chiefs. Otherwise, I love their uniforms. Uh, Arrowhead Stadium, I just I hate playing there. Vikings always lose there. And, of course, you got the 69 Super Bowl to drive you absolutely nuts when you go back to the Kansas City Chiefs. That was the beginning of the whole thing. I always call it the curse of 1969 when it comes to the Vikings. The curse of Super Bowl Four, whatever you want to call it. That was the beginning of Viking playoff disappointment because Vikings were favored by 18 points and they lost 24-7. to In fact... We were the last team to score in that game. So, do the math there. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we were the last team to score in that game. So, that was the beginning of being the favorite and not coming out with the hardware. And after that, Vikings weren't quite the favorites in those games, but they certainly didn't overcome the difficulty of the Dolphins, the Steelers, and, of course, the Oaktown Raiders. 
who are coming to an end in Oakland, believe it or not. Very soon, it feels like 20 years. I mean, okay, they're moving to Las Vegas, but yeah, that'll, yeah. They're, they're, but they're moving to Las Vegas, though. Yeah, okay, just move to Las Vegas already. You know, I mean, we get it. That's the weirdest thing ever. Have you ever seen that before? Like where a team is still staying in the same town, but oh, but they're moving to Las Vegas. So I can't imagine that might be a distraction, along with Chucky as your coach, who years ago was an awesome coach, but I don't know. He hasn't adjusted a whole lot, you know? I'm old school too, but I would I would adjust. I mean, you have to, right? So kind of is what it is. You have to adjust a little bit. You have to adjust a little bit. Uh, again, I think I'm leaning towards Titans in the AFC South. Chiefs are absolutely going to, well, are they though? Because the Chargers are awesome too. The Chiefs are going to win the West. Yes, they're going to win the West. They might go 13-3. and Maybe they'll run into some bumps in the road because they had a great record. Still can't believe the Patriots actually wound up with the, uh, <laughs> I can't believe, yep, I mean, I can't believe what the Patriots were able to accomplish there, but uh, we'll leave that alone. The Chiefs uh, should at least get to a number two seed. I think they'll have a bye. Patriots, I think, are going to be what they're going to be again. But the Cleveland Browns, the Cleveland Browns, the Cleveland Browns, Vin Rock, Vince Germano, out of Melbourne, Australia, in the Victoria Providence, if you're listening. Hopefully you are. The Cleveland Browns will win the AFC North, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, I'm buying into the hype. Yes, I'm buying into the hype, okay? I did it. I bought into the hype. But, well, we'll see what happens after that, because... We all know, I mean, we all know, you get this upstart team ready to roll, finally in the playoffs again. Either they go on a magical run and go all the way to the AFC title game, or they're done right away. Um, I would lean towards they're done right away, just because that's how it always goes. So, pardon my French. (laughs) That's how it always goes. So, uh, (laughs) it's a rough one. Inadvertently dropping curse words here, which I probably shouldn't do on this show. Be careful. So... (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, Cleveland Browns, it always seems to end up that way. Like, say, the Vikings make the playoffs for the first time in a little while and frickin' Seahawks knock them out. That was sick. Sick in a bad way. Um, But Cleveland's got the pieces. They got the pieces. They got the momentum. Their quarterback is just, you know, you you love him. He's a little crazy, but you love him. (sighs) Nothing not to like, really, about the Cleveland Browns. At the end of the day, I gotta say, uh, you got Jarvis Landry, you got your Odell Beckham Jr., you got your Nick Chubb, you got your Kareem Hunt, you got your Kareem Hunt, even Kareem Hunt. Remember that name. Just stay out of trouble, Kareem. Please, please make make this. Just move on. Just move on. And uh, yes, get past this. Obviously, you know it's it's a tough situation there. Obviously, I you know I, I don't like to get into those conversations because I'm sure most of you listening to this show right now don't want to hear seven straight days on the radio about how this guy's this and this guy's that and blah, 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 and they see he should be cut. He should never play another down the rest of his life. I'm, I'm sure you're getting tired of hearing that, even even though you might agree with it, some of you. Some of you might agree with it, and that's your right. But um, it's like I'm somewhere in the middle. Like, stay out of trouble for crying out loud. Like we're, we're, I mean, it just stop. Stop getting yourself in the news for the wrong reasons. It's, it's just stupid. Uh, interesting stuff flashing on the screen here right now, literally, like big old red banner, breaking news, the Buffalo Bills are reportedly releasing LaShawn McCoy, LaShawn McCoy is is likely to be released by the Buffalo Bills, um, well, wow, (laughs) next Cleveland Browns running back, no, I I don't know, uh, Chicago Bears, ooh, I better watch that, yeah, (laughs) watch out for that happening, wouldn't that be something, I, I don't know, somebody like that, He's gonna he's gonna land somewhere like ASAP. I gotta think. I'd be very surprised unless he's got some kind of serious thing going on that we don't know about. 
that's it's interesting. It's interesting. He's had a hell of a career, and he's still, you know, still got some trend left in the tire. Tread left in the tire. Tariq Cohen, Mike Davis with the Bears right now. I'm getting ahead of myself, though. I don't think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to make the playoffs. I think the Ravens are actually more likely to make it out of the AFC North than the Steelers. I think it's time the Steelers dropped off. And some of you might be Steelers fans listening. Maybe Chris Porter's listening. I know he's a Steelers fan. He's a Pittsburgh guy full, uh, through and through. I wouldn't be surprised if they missed the playoffs. Uh, the Jets will be knocking on the door. The Bills and the Dolphins will not, unfortunately. I don't know what's going on with Josh Rosen either. That's kind of weird. I don't know about that guy. He's he's strange. You know, I I was never that impressed with him, and a lot of people out there were, were and again, it's your right to be impressed, but I don't know. It's my right to come back and say, uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick's the quarterback right now, but that's what Fitzpatrick has been all about, kind of a fill-in and put up some sexy numbers and collect some more money, and then uh, good luck Josh Rosen, that type of thing. Josh Rosen needs to... Yep, needs to step it up. I, I I don't know. I wasn't that impressed with him. And obviously, rookie, you're not going to see a whole lot all the time. But I kind of like the Jets quarterback. He showed some signs uh, over there. Mr. Darnold, uh, he showed signs. But then he started making big mistakes and threw a ton of turnover, a ton of interceptions and all that. So that's when that's when their fate changed dramatically against Minnesota. And we finally won a game, a road game against the New York Jets for the first time in franchise history last year. That was really something, actually. <laughs> it really was. I don't know, man. Uh, New York Jets, they will be knocking on the door. Uh, I was very impressed with their play in the in the later stages last season. That was cool to see. I don't think the Steelers make it. Oh, boy. Tech, Titans make it over the Colts. So Chiefs and Chargers are in. Yes. Patriots are in. Yes. So that's three teams right there. Browns are in. That's number four. That leaves you with uh, a couple of wild card teams. Nope. Patriots, one. Titans, two. Chiefs, three. Chargers, four. Browns, five. So, leaves you with one more. Is it going to be the Texans? Do they have a chance to, to get back in? The, the Jaguars, something like that. I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens. I think the Baltimore Ravens with uh, Mr. Oh, boy. I, you got to love their future, obviously. Lamar Jackson is a guy that I just, you know, I was obsessed with coming out of uh, Louisville there. Got to love his chances and all that. Uh, shows some flashes. He's still super young. Blah, 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 blah. I like the Baltimore Ravens. It's going to be between the Ravens and the Jets, I think, for that final spot, that final wild card spot, I believe. I don't think the Steelers are going to make it. The Broncos, no. The Raiders, no. Jaguars, no. Dolphins, Bills, of course not. It's going to be between the Jets and the... It's going to be between the Jets, Steelers, and Ravens. I Right now, I'm leaning towards Ravens. I like the momentum Lamar Jackson had last season. The Jets have some interesting pieces, though. I mean, you got Le'Veon Bell. I mean, if Darnold can really get things together, Sam Darnold, then, then it's the Jets. God, I'm kind of going back and forth between those two. Uh, both of these teams have that, you know, and including Pittsburgh, of course. They have that classic, like, East Coast tough team that can win on the road, this and that, that can get things done. When the Jets are good, they're so they're always so tough to beat, especially on the road. Especially on the road, like at home, they're um, pretty much unbeatable. The Jets, when they're a good team, now, I can see them winning road games too. Oh man, oh it's a tough call between these teams. Mm, got a feeling. I'm gonna go with the man. You know, I'm gonna go with the Jets. I, I think there's a little more star power. I'm actually gonna have the New York Jets as the sixth seed in the. Uh, in the AFC playoffs, they will not get anywhere past that, but they're going to get in. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, you know, he missed a lot of time, but I think 
you know, he, he, I think he's going to jump in the in the fray there, and he's going to help the New York Jets get to bigger and better things. That's what I believe in uh, Le'Veon Bell. Obviously, uh, he lost the whole season last year with a contract dispute with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers have lost too many guys, Brown and Le'Veon Bell. Those are big losses. And, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger has been talking about retiring for the last eight years. So, I'm sorry the Steelers do not make the playoffs. Jets make the playoffs. The New York Jets behind the Patriots. So finally, somebody other than the Patriots are going to make the playoffs again. I know the Dolphins have a couple times. The Bills have a couple times. Unfortunately, though, it's going to be a similar fate. First round exito, unfortunately for them. They'll probably lose to, like, the Cleveland Browns or something. I think the Browns will be the number three seed, if you can believe that. That's the craziest thing you ever heard in your life. Um, I think the Titans will lose to the Chargers. That's my belief as well. Chargers... It's okay, the the uh, Browns will be number three, so they'd end up going to play the Chiefs. If the Chiefs end up, well, I think the Chiefs are going to have, I think the Chiefs are going to have the number one record again. I do. So that would mean, that would mean the Chargers are going to play the Chiefs, which could be extremely tough for the uh, the Chiefs. That would be a tough, 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 tough matchup. Uh, I think the Chiefs would definitely beat the Browns. The Browns versus Patriots is going to be the other side. I think the Browns do get to the second round. The Cleveland Browns advance. Past the New York Jets. Maybe the Jets go on some kind of a miracle little run there and then end up losing to the Patriots, or maybe they they upset the Patriots. But, oh boy, I think Chiefs, Chargers, and Browns, and Patriots are going to be your second round in the AFC at the end of the day. Oh boy, tough, tough call here. Got to go with the Patriots, of course, and it's not because, uh, not just because it's just like, I'm just going to pick the Patriots for everything, but it's just the way it's been. Even if you don't like the Patriots, you just face the facts. They win. They win these games, especially at home. Uh, are the Chiefs going to outlast the Chargers? I think it's high time they did, right? I mean, I don't know. I, I like the Chargers an awful lot. Chiefs are going to beat the Chargers. The Chiefs will survive. They will win in Arrowhead Stadium. They will go to New England. No, they will host it again, pardon me. We're, we're going to get a rematch in the AFC title game. They will host New England again, pardon me. I keep thinking they're going to be number two, but that's where some of these predictions that I'm looking at this one actually is in Sports Illustrated, just kind of as a cheat sheet. Not because I'm picking these teams, but it's just to see where other experts think and such. I do think the Chiefs actually will have number one. These guys have number two. Chiefs will host the game again, believe it or not. Even though they may run into some bumps in the road. Or maybe the Patriots do end up with the number one seed in the uh, AFC. But I think the Chiefs... Oh boy, this is so difficult, boy. Uh, you know, I'm... It's almost impossible to pick against the Patriots, but they got to run out of gas at some point. I guess the Chiefs win the AFC this year. I, I, I guess so. Um, I guess the Chiefs win the AFC because, I mean, sooner or later. I mean, you saw Brady's arm has kind of been dropping off a bit. <laughs> I, I would love to see the Patriots win again, but then again, it's it's six. I mean, they're now tied with the Pittsburgh Steelers for all time. That's crazy. So somehow if the Patriots do get number seven this year, oh my, great, greatest franchise ever with the same quarterback. All seven with the same quarterback. It's just, you know, I mean, nobody could even imagine that. Maybe playing Madden whatever, Madden 2019, whatever, and you're you're playing these leagues, you know, these uh, the, the playoffs and everything as your team, and you keep winning it every year. There you go. That's the only way. Just, just in your little dreams and your fantasy world, yet it could really actually be a reality with the Patriots. But I will pick the Chiefs right now. I think the Chiefs are going to win the AFC. I'm going against history because they always choke in the playoffs. They always, always choke in the playoffs so they'll finally get back to the Super Bowl again. My goodness, it's going to be a good Super Bowl, by the way. We'll swing over to the AFC now. 
if humanly possible. And obviously a certain purple and gold team with, with uh, white horns. Not the white helmet with purple horns that people have shown in certain images on Facebook and other places. Interesting idea. It might be a fun idea to do like once in a blue moon, like once a season or something, just to have that weird look on, on the road. I actually wouldn't be against it. I wouldn't. It's weird, but why not? Why not once, maybe one game every year or something, maybe just, just to make things interesting, to kind of shake things up a little bit, if the league would allow that type of thing. I, I'm guessing they would, but who am I? I'm, am I a team owner who knows all the league rules? Not yet. <laughs> not yet, right? Maybe maybe that's a dream someday. The AFC East, no, the Giants aren't going to make the playoffs. They'd like to believe they will, but uh, I don't think so. Uh, the Redskins, there's not much really to get excited about with the Washington Redskins at the moment. You know, Alex Smith gets hurt, this and that. Case Keenum is now on the Redskins. Hopefully, best of luck to him, but I don't think it's going to work out so good at the end of the day. I, 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 I don't know. The Washington team, right? No, let's call them the Washington Redskins. <laughs> I'm not one of those easily offended types, but I don't want to necessarily throw offensive things at people's faces either. That's not the best idea. Adrian Peterson is going to have, he's going to keep it going. Uh, Dwayne Haskins has a chance to be something in time, of course, to be their quarterback for, for right now. Case Keenum's the quarterback. Haskins wouldn't be surprised if he takes over at some point down the line here. Adrian Peterson, though, I mean, uh, you know, we can love him, we can hate him, we can hate what he did, this and that. I, you know what? Uh, it's, it's life, this and that. Did he go overboard? Yes. Did the uh, NFL and the media go overboard the other direction? Yes. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, of course, taken 15th overall this year's draft. So I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a few snaps in the second half of the season, maybe even earlier. But uh, good luck. There's not a whole lot in front of him, necessarily. You got your legendary running back in Adrian Peterson. And I think it's fun to watch him climbing the charts. I was very impressed with last season from Adrian Peterson. Hopefully he can keep it coming. Hopefully he can. Best of luck, Adrian Peterson. And he will be playing the Vikings this year for the first time in a long, long time. Got over 1,000 yards last year, which is nice. Averaged about 4.2 a carry. So we'll see. If Adrian can tack on another couple of thousand yard seasons here, he's going to be way up there with the uh, with the most legendary quarterbacks ever, like Kurt, uh, running backs ever, like Curtis Martin and such. Amazing along that guy hung around and how consistent he truly was. Um, along with... Uh, the legendary, the other legendary running back like Emmett Smith, who just kept going and kept going. Frank Gore, of course, recently with the Miami Dolphins. He's still hanging around. He's fourth all time. He actually passed Curtis Martin last year. Remember, he got hurt against the Vikings last year. I felt so bad because talk about consistency because we've always known Frank Gore to be a pretty good running back, but fourth all time? I mean, dang. Consistency really matters. It, it truly does. Adrian is eighth all time. And he's actually only about 1,400 yards, 14 and change behind Frank Gore for fourth all-time. Curtis Martin, he will pass. Adrian Peterson will pass Curtis Martin this year. As I remember, I was thinking he was never going to catch Eric Dickerson, and he did. I, I knew he was going to pass Eric Dorsett. I figured he'd get his 500-ish yards to get past uh, Tony Dorsett and all that. Even past Jim Brown, if you can believe that. That's crazy. But then you get into this interesting area where you're talking Jerome Battis. He's only about 300 yards ahead of Adrian. And then a small fraction with Ladinian Tomlinson, like 20 yards more to get past him. Curtis Martin is about 800 yards away for Adrian to catch. And then, yeah, I mean, it's pretty amazing. So, yeah, Adrian Peterson has another 1,000-yard season. He'll be right there with Frankie Gore. I don't, I don't know. I think the Barry Sanders and up, Barry Sanders, Walter Payton, Emmett Smith, I think that's your big three, and they're untouchable. That's just my guess, but 
maybe somebody will get that high someday. <laughs> get that high. <laughs> but no, Adrian Peterson is, uh, he's going to wind up in the top five all time, I got to think. And good for him. It's a, a crying shame that he got in trouble in 2014 and got injured in 2016. Because if he didn't get hurt in 16 and he didn't get in trouble in 14, he'd already be there. He'd, I think he'd be ahead of Frank Gore. In fact, for sure he would be. It's about, what, 1,700 yards? That's two seasons? Two seasons easily, Adrian Peterson, you get 1,700 yards in a two-season span. He'd be fourth all-time right now. He'd be ahead of Frank Gore and actually literally chasing Barry Sanders. In fact, 500 yards away from Barry bleeping Sanders. Wow. Wow. Uh, wow. Uh, and again, what's crazy, though, about Uncle Barry there, Uncle Barry, <laughs> he's not, yeah, he was only 29 years old when he retired, so he would have he would have been number one all time. <laughs> he would have. Um, he was the most elusive running back of all time. I think the overall greatest was Walter, and then Emmett was the most consistent, that type of thing. Amazing, 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 amazing. Uh, Barry and Walter, very respectable. I mean, one of the, uh, just uh, two of the very few running backs that have been on only one team in their whole career. Barry Sanders, Detroit. Walter Payne, Chicago. Jim Brown, Cleveland. And very few others. New York Giants with Tiki Barber down at 27th. So on and so forth. This is NFL uh, pro, pro football reference, pardon me, as uh, citing for those numbers and uh, information there. Sorry, I had to go down the history. <laughs> I had to go down the history book there a little bit, down the history road there with uh, Adrian Peterson because it's, you know, he's he's a historical player. He's moved up the charts. He's a surefire Hall of Famer, regardless of what you might think of his off-field uh, moments that uh, that picked up a few years back now, unfortunately for him, because he would have, yeah, oh, he would have been there. Lost time. That might be one of the reasons why he's hanging on so long because he's like, I can still do it. I can still do it. I can still do it. You know, that type of feeling. NFC, NFC East, I guess it's the Eagles because who else is going to win the division? Is it going to be the Cowboys? Why should the Cowboys win the division? Are they that great? I mean, Dak Prescott, uh, he's not that great, is he? He's okay. You know, I have nothing against the guy, but is he that spectacular? He's okay. He's he's just okay, man. I mean, Dak Prescott, you know, they the running back is no longer there. Crazy stuff. Uh, Randall Cobb, though, that's an interesting addition. Jason Witten is still around. What a legend he is. Amari Cooper. So they've they've got names. They've got names, but... They don't have the big shot names anymore. I mean, Randall Cobb's a peach, leaving the Packers, this and that. I don't think they make it. I think they'll be on the, the bubble. They'll be like the seventh or eighth type of team. They'll be one of the teams that makes way for a purple and gold club to make the playoffs this year, which I think they will. I think the Vikings actually win the, uh, well, I don't know. I, I want to say the Vikings win the NFC North. I'm not going to go crazy and pick the Bears to finish last. Put it that way. This is crazy. The uh <laughs> Sports Illustrated picks the Bears to finish seven and nine, and last place in the division. No, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. I think the Bears will be in the mix. Eagles win the division. They'll be like eleven and five, ten and six, if the freaking Carson Wentz can stay healthy. Because well, I mean he's supposed to be a franchise quarterback, but the son of a gun kept getting hurt, and then Nick Foles kept pulling off pretty magical things. In fact, the most magical thing of all, winning a championship against uh, the New England bleeping Patriots in U.S. Bank Stadium instead of us. Damn it. Wouldn't that have been something? That would have been that would have been tough for me, but you know, it's like, ah, there we go. Now I have to cheer against the Patriots because it's the Vikings. I mean, it's, Vikings will always be number one forever and ever and ever, but it's fun cheering for the Patriots in those Super Bowls so many. It'd be the first time I'd ever cheered against them in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Except maybe, yeah, we'll leave the other one alone. 
I, I shouldn't even go there. That is really crazy. Crazy. I won't. Yeah, I won't go there. I'm going to get myself buried for that one. But the Eagles will win their division. What they're going to do after that with Carson Wentz is all up to him because he's a franchise quarterback when healthy and and when focused and all that. He's going to stay bleeping healthy because if he's not, the Eagles will not be flying high. They'll be uh, falling down and stuff. I, I just don't have a whole lot of faith in the Philadelphia Eagles if they just if uh, if the guy just keeps getting hurt. I mean, for crying out loud. Heck, my, my manager's from the same town he is. My manager at, at work, which is kind of cool. The same town there in North Dakota. North Dakota. Josh, Josh McCown is still hanging on. So maybe maybe Josh McCown will be the next Nick Foles. Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> After that long career, Josh McCown at age 40? Wow, that's kind of funny. I can't believe Carson Wentz is 26 already. Seems like yesterday he was like a rookie. Darren Sproles is still around. That's crazy too, man crazy, man. That's just weird. Jordan Howard, of course, leaving the Chicago BS. So the, maybe McCoy. There you go, Chicago. Okay, why am I giving them ideas? But uh, they could probably use him. Jordan Howard leaving the BS for the Eagles. So I, I think that puts them in position to win the division. Deshaun Jackson, obviously, very valuable guy. Drove us crazy. Zach Ertz is a killer when healthy and all that. And he's been healthy. Offensive line still dangerous. Defensive line still dangerous. Eagles win the AFC, uh, NFC East, pardon me. NFC West, NFC West, yeah, I don't know. Eh, the the Cardinals are are nowhere near making the playoffs. They look like crud, uh, but they hopefully this time they have a franchise quarterback. They're going to hang on to, not trade away and to the Dolphins or the or the Bills or something like that. It won't be the Browns, but it'll be some other desperate team that's been looking for a quarterback for thirty years, like the Dolphins have been. Boy, that's a long time, isn't it? 20 years at least, yeah, 20 years, not 30. Not quite 30, but it feels like it. Uh, 49ers, well, if Garoppolo can stay bleeping healthy, why not? I mean, let's let's go, Niners, let's go. San Francisco's due to make some kind of a, a move. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a few years. <laughs> they're, they're due to do something. I mean, it's, Garoppolo just stay healthy this time. Then it can make things more interesting. Uh, man, it would be fun. It's a team that's, you know, they're due for making a move forward at some point. I mean, you got Garoppolo, who's good, but, I mean, and the defense has had their moments. The offensive line's had their moments. Joe Staley, you got guys like that, left tackle. He's obviously been a a name for a while over the years. Mike McGlinchey taken very recently, right tackle. So you got you got nice bookends there, like in Tomlinson, Mike Pearson, and Ben Garland, and the interior line there. Uh, the running back situation has been nothing short of disaster because Derek McKinnon has another setback, and that's too bad. $30 million uh, given to him in a contract, and I wouldn't be surprised if he gets cut. I mean, just too many injuries for Derek McKinnon. Never really ever got to do anything with the 49ers. It's a crying shame. Uh, Kevin Coleman's had moments, formerly with the Atlanta Falcons, if I remember correctly, who will be playing coming up. That's what I'm going to be talking about at the end of this uh Whole, uh, I'll be talking about that game very briefly at the end of this segment anyway. I don't know. I mean, the 49ers should be in the conversation for the playoffs just because of Jimmy Garoppolo. And I don't know. I They'll be in the conversation, but I think someone else is going to make it. I'm looking right at the team right now. Another red team with a little more black in their uniforms. I think probably going to head that direction. I don't think the 49ers are going to make it. I think they'll be in the bubble, 9-7, and seven, maybe 10-6. and six. But I don't think San Francisco makes it. Seahawks and Cardinals, no. 
Russell Wilson, you can't tackle him for your life. Vikings always lose in Seattle. They're still a dangerous team at times, but I don't think they're serious about being a playoff team. The Lions are a mess, but I think they'll be better this year. I think uh, Green Bay does not make it. I just don't think the Packers are in the mix. I'll come back to them in a moment, though. Look at me jumping ahead. Uh, The Saints and the Falcons will make the playoffs out of the uh, NFC South. Panthers are not serious. The Bucs are a mess. The Bucs are back to being what the Bucs used to be years ago, back in the early 90s and beyond. I don't think the Bucs are anywhere near making the playoffs for a long time. I think the Panthers are nowhere near making the playoffs. Well, they'll be kind of in the hunt for a little while. I think Atlanta does make it, though. Instead of the 49ers. Some people think 49ers make it. I'll put the Falcons over the 49ers. Saints make it for sure. Wouldn't be surprised if the Saints have the number one seed in the NFC. And this time, like, yeah, this time they take care of business. I would not be surprised if that's the direction things go. The Saints will have the number one seed in the NFC, I believe. Uh, Whether it's Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Brees, I wouldn't be surprised if Teddy Bridgewater plays a significant role for the New Orleans Saints. And I think they're going to be extremely dangerous this season, as they have been the last couple of years. I, I mean, this is probably their last shot at it, though. If they don't get it this year, that's it. I, I think, uh, and I know, because you're going to have to rebuild around Teddy at that point, and poor Teddy, I mean, the sucky part is I think some of those guys are going to leave for financial reasons or people get old or hurt, banged up, that type of thing. That's the one thing for poor Teddy when Drew Brees is done. I have a feeling he's going to be kind of stuck in the mediocre uh, world, unless uh, maybe somehow this year he ends up being the starting quarterback during a big-time playoff run, which wouldn't be the biggest surprise ever. <sighs> Saints, number one seed. Falcons will make it with like a four or five, with like a like a five or six seed. They'll make it with the wild card. I think the wild card also comes out of the NFC North. I think the Packers and the Lions miss the playoffs. I think the Minnesota Vikings and Chicago Bears make the playoffs. And, uh, well, Falcons will probably be the sixth seed, and whoever does not win the division between the Vikings and the Bears, winds up with the fifth seed. And the number one, the division champion, will be like number three, I I, I believe. Number two or number three, depending on how things go. I don't think the Rams are... I I, I don't know. I mean, they're going to be a fringe kind of two and three type of team, I think, and they, they're going to be uh, on the bubble. They'll be the team to, to beat, basically, to knock out of the uh, first round bye. I think the Saints have a bye pretty much written in almost stone. Eagles will not have a first round bye. There's, there's just not, they're not that good. Uh, so it'll be between the Vikings, Bears, and Rams to hold the first round bye. I'd love to believe it's going to be the Vikings with the 12 and 4 record, something along the line. But I think Minnesota finishes 11 and 5, 10 and 6, and are more than likely to be the wild card team at this moment than the uh, the division champion. I, I think the Bears still win the division right now. I'm just being honest. I'm, I I don't want to be a homer. I think the Vikings' chances, though, when you look over our, our record heading into the season, uh, actually, there's a really good chance Minnesota finishes 11-5 and this season. I mean, insane chance to do that at the end of the day. 11-5, and but I, I still think the Bears are going to be like 12-4, and 11-5-ish, and they'll hold some kind of tiebreaker if need be over Minnesota. I think the Bears end up going to the NFC title game against the Saints, and I think the Saints beat the Bears, that type of thing. It's going to be something along the lines. I wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings win in the first round, though. Like we knock off the Eagles or the Falcons or whatever the situation is. Maybe we win the division. We'll knock off the Eagles or the Falcons or whoever it is in the first round. I would not be surprised if the Vikings could beat either one of them. In fact, I do think the Vikings get to the second round this year. But then we either go to Chicago or or New Orleans, and I don't think that's going to go well at the end of the day. 
Uh, I do think Minnesota is 11-5, and five, though. Uh, I do think the Vikings' chances of beating the Falcons this Sunday at home are very, very good. And that's the other team the Vikings could possibly beat in the first round, depending on the situation. Maybe if we're number three, I think you beat the Vikings, or Falcons, pardon me, beat the Vikings. You beat the Falcons in the first round, that type of thing. But I, I don't think we survive past uh, a Bears or Saints or Eagles or whoever. I don't think we'd get past uh, the second round unless we have the first round by. Then our chances are very good. At that stage. Oh, tired of the noisy people upstairs. It never stops. It never stops. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. Living in an apartment, mm, it has its really has its, its downs. It really does, depending on who's living above you. But, oh, boy, oh, boy. I do think the Saints and the Bears will kick off the NFC title game. The New Orleans Saints beat the Bears, though. Unfortunately for Chicago, they'll get revenge over the uh, 2006 championship round, that type of thing. They'll get a victory in that one. You're going to get a matchup that a lot of you have been wanting for a while. The Saints and the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. At the end of the day, the Saints and the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. And boy, it's going to be an epic battle. Very high scoring. It's going to be fun to watch. I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit of Chiefs and Rams in the Super Bowl. That would be fun too. Boy, I kind of think I think it's going to be the, the, the Chiefs. I, I think the Chiefs would beat the uh, the Saints in the Super Bowl. I think it would be really, 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 really back and forth, but the Chiefs actually are the team of destiny and end up winning the Super Bowl this year, believe it or not. And the young man from, uh, well, who used to used to be around Pat Mahomes when he was on the Twins years ago, the young man, wish he, wish he was in Minnesota instead of Kansas City, but I think the Chiefs are going to bring Kansas City their first Super Bowl since 1969. That's That's where I'm leaning right now. I might be crazy, obviously. I'm probably, I wouldn't be surprised if I'd say, oh, it's going to be someone else. But right now, I'm going to pick the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. And I'm stuck to this, you know, as my original prediction. I can change my prediction later, but I'm going to say, yeah, I was wrong at the beginning of the year with the Chiefs, that type of thing. But that type of deal. And so I would be wrong with that one and right with the new one, that type of thing. But my preseason, you know, just before the regular season preview as the Kansas City Chiefs over the Saints in the Super Bowl, Minnesota Vikings get to the second round this year, but... I don't have enough faith in Kirk Cousins and such to go on in a road game and pull off a huge victory on the road and get to the NFC title game. And even at that point, the NFC title game on the road, I, I don't know, man. If the Vikings get to the Super Bowl this year, I think Minnesota has home field advantage and takes care of business. That's how the Vikings get to the Super Bowl in 2019. And right now, I, I don't think the Vikings are a 13-3 and team. 13-3, and 14-2 and type of team right now. I think the Saints and Chiefs are, and I think that's why those two teams are going to represent the AFC and NFC, and the Chiefs end up achieving ultimate glory this year, in my humble opinion, at the end of August, at the end of the August and beginning of September. There it is. So with that, again, as you heard my more Minnesota Vikings preview in the first half, Minnesota Vikings-centric preview in the first half, that's why I didn't get into super heavy Vikings, Vikings, Vikings here in the... Uh, <laughs> in in, in uh, this segment. And of course, I wouldn't be surprised if the Chicago Bears pick up LaShawn McCoy. And if they have the money to be able to do it, they, they should probably go for that. And that's just one of those situations. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. Depends on what LaShawn McCoy is seeking also at the end of the day. So with that said, we're just going to have to let things as is. And uh, good luck to the Chiefs, the Saints, and hopefully Minnesota ends up proving everybody wrong. And Kirk Cousins ends up overcoming things in a big, huge way. With that said, we'll take a quick break and come back for fan interaction. 
we are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number three, fan interaction segment. Of course, we'll get to the Twitter and Facebook accounts. Probably not as much as last week, because last week we were catching up for months and months and months, even though I'd been fairly dead. I just tend to go into dormancy during that time. You know, the old football fatigue and all that stuff. You get burnt out when it's week in, week out. Not that I don't enjoy doing the show, because I enjoy it very, 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 very much. It's just, you know, kind of everywhere you go, it's like football, football, football. And, well, well, yeah, I also cover the Wild and the Timberwolves. Brave the Wild and Timberwolves Explosion are those podcasts. So there's that. It's been a fun twin season, and, well, the lawn service is exhausting. And, of course, uh, you like to get out and swim a little bit, too. So that explains some of the absences during the summers at times, though historical shows sometimes get posted like when Dennis Green passed away that was that was sad and there was a lot of history and that was fun to do that show even though under the circumstances unfortunately uh, uh sad as well um I would like to do some more historical shows not regarding somebody's death hopefully I should get into that sometimes but I will always talk about Vikings history a bit there will be a brief uh, little addendum and errata. I should have probably previewed the Atlanta Falcons game briefly in the last segment so I'll just do it now here again this is going to be unorthodox to what I usually do during the regular season because every year it's like this I where it's a much briefer preview in the season opener because neither team has played yet though well everybody would tell you the Atlanta Falcons have improved their offensive line uh, Julio Jones has been healthy the last three years which is really nice uh, definitely definite improvements on the Atlanta Falcons roster uh, again Chris Lidstrom was a very very nice acquisition the Vikings were known to be interested in him. Luckily, Minnesota did wind up with Garrett Bradbury, so that's cool. Chris Lindstrom actually went a little earlier, which was surprising. Alex Mack has been a pretty good center. James Carpenter, Jake Matthews. I did talk about some of these guys in the previous uh, segment, actually, to be honest, but still, it's a dangerous team with a pretty good uh, offense and defense, per se. Dan Quinn, obviously, has definitely had some good moments. Uh, Vic Beasley, a few years ago, had 15 sacks. 15 and a half, though the last couple of years, five and a half. So big drop off there. Not as much pass rush from the left linebacker of the Atlanta Falcons. But still, obviously a lot going on. Uh, guys becoming healthy now. Uh, Tino Neal obviously is healthy now with uh, coming back from the knee injury and such. So a very important factor for the Atlanta Falcons. So again, I will continue to say, will be a 10 and 6-ish wild card type of team. That you never know. Could make some noise. Could make some serious damage. Extremely ironic how Matt Schaubo used to back up uh, uh, Michael Vick many, 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 many years ago, who was a, a target of the Minnesota Vikings long, 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 long ago, wound up with the Texans and other teams along the way. A lot of teams were interested in him because, oh, you know, if he's backing up Michael Vick, he must be something. And, oh, there was all kinds of talk about how good he was going to be. And he never really, never really achieved like a... Uh, status of like a true starting quarterback like he started but he wasn't really a you know he didn't play like a starter if you know what I mean now at 38 years old he's back with the Atlanta Falcons he's come back full circle the Pittsburgh Pennsylvania native who came out of Virginia College just like the other quarterback Kirk Benkert Benkert and of course uh, Matt Ryan also a Pennsylvania native probably from a little bit the more uh, Hickville version of uh, Pennsylvania rather than Pittsburgh and Matt Schaub's case because yeah Pennsylvania's got a little bit of both going on there Matt Ryan, hell of a career, though. We all know that. Unfortunately, the last couple of years, though, not nearly as good as he was to, uh, in 2016 when he won the MVP and Vic Beasley was so spectacular. Julio Jones has been unbelievable. Coming of age a little bit, though, now 30 years old already. I can't believe it. Uh, he had that unbelievable season in 2016. And then 2017, very quiet year, had the yards, but only three touchdowns. Atlanta still almost knocked off the 
Philadelphia Eagles in that postseason game, and boy, do I wish that happened. Oh, I really wish that happened. It was definitely disappointing. History would have probably been completely different, and the Vikings would have definitely hosted the NFC title game if the Falcons, or excuse me, the Eagles were out. Vikings would have hosted the NFC title game. It would have been the Falcons or the, the now I'm blanking. I believe the Falcons or the Rams on the other side possibly coming to Minnesota in the uh, NFC title game. Wouldn't that have been something? Woo, that would have really, really been something. It would have been the Falcons coming to Minnesota. Yeah, yep, it would have been the Falcons coming to Minnesota. A rematch of 1998. Vikings would have been heavy favorites this time around because Atlanta obviously was so spectacular at the time. Uh, let's get back to where we need to be, though. Minnesota leads the all-time series between these teams. Football database. We're going to be going to this every week like I did last year in the second half of the season or so. We're going to do this all the time because why not look at history a little bit when we preview our games. Minnesota 19-11 and 0 all-time. No ties. The Vikings have won the last three in a row. They had lost the last two in a row. And, of course, the infamous 2008 game. I actually attended that uh, when I worked in service. My friend Moa Yang, who just happens to be possibly a listener to this show. I'm sure he's, he's listened to it a couple of times. Great guy, Moa Yang. We used to work there together. Uh, a customer dropped off two tickets and just said, here, take these, basically. Moa wasn't going to be going to the game. And uh, he said, hey, do you guys want this? And Moa is a sports fan, too, of course. But he called up and he, hey, Joey, do you want this? It's free. And I said, okay, yeah, I guess I'll go with my brother if he's willing to go. And boom, there we were. The entire game, we were watching DeVars Jackson do things that didn't make a whole lot of sense, and Brad Childress's offense do what it usually did without when Brett Favre wasn't the quarterback. Not make a whole lot of sense, and we'd often be looking at each other like, what the hell was that? And that was the whole game. Uh, Vikings were down early and often, and great defensive stands by the Williams wall and all that. So, And, of course, uh, it was an interesting, entertaining game, but the Vikings ended up losing. Uh, close call early on where Matt Ryan clearly was out of the end zone but was called for a touchdown and was not overturned which was disgusting but it is what it is history is history of course 1998 we don't want to remember that game it was actually in 1999 January 17th 1999 let's just leave that alone I have never watched a game since then and I don't really want to anymore I just don't Uh, 2002 Vikings also lost in overtime when Michael Vick scampered for was it like 70 yards to Peter in that game? He just took off. That was disappointing. Falcons got the ball, and Vic just ran, and that was it. Vikings since then have had pretty good success against the Falcons, except for that 30-10 to 10 debacle in 2005. That's pretty lousy. Um, but no, success uh, Vikings in 2007. That was without Michael Vick. He was in suspension and basically cut from the Falcons, and Joey Bleepin' Harrington was the quarterback of the Falcons, the awful bust of the Detroit Lions who had been drafted about five years previous just, ugh, yuck. Atlanta was just, uh, it was a graveyard. And then, of course, 2008, the rookie, the uh, exciting rookie, Matt Ryan, took over. And since then, the Vikings have had decent success against the team. I think the Vikings can and should win the game against the Atlanta Falcons. I think it'll be a very entertaining battle back and forth. Expect an offensive game early, defensive game late. You know how Mike Zimmer games are, where there's a little bit of action and then it kind of slows down, things kind of settle down, and Minnesota is going to settle into what I believe will be a 24-7 to victory over the Atlanta Falcons. That's my belief. Don't be surprised if there's a turnover or two from both clubs in this game. A uh, guy that I loved a couple years ago coming out of Wyoming. There's that school again. I love Wyoming. I, I just love, I have a soft spot for Wyoming. Oh, I hope they become bigger and bigger in the next couple of years, but I don't know. They probably won't. Just the whole feeling of Wyoming, the Old West, and it's ah, oh, it's got the fewest population, the smallest population of all 50 states. 
yeah, Wyoming would be perfect for me, actually. Oh, I love that. I love those uniforms. So they're they're my second favorite football college now behind the Gophers. And Gophers football, I barely, I don't know, I get tired of college. I get tired of all the hype around here. It gets tiring. But uh, Brian Hill, wishing him the best there in Atlanta. He was picked up in the draft, I believe it was the fifth or sixth round three years ago already. And he's only 23. So best of luck to him. Donta Freeman, of course, definitely has had some nice moments for the Atlanta Falcons. Hopefully the Vikings can contain him pretty pretty nicely in this one. Did not have uh, did not have much of a season last year. Was out for the whole whole year. Comes back healthy and hope for the best. He missed. He played only two games and wound up with only 34 yards of carry. Just a nasty injury for Mr. Freeman last season. And that's another one of the major reasons the Falcons were just snake bit all season last year, despite the talent on the roster. I mean, you have Freeman's out, and then you know we. You, offensive uh defensive tackles out i mean it's just not good yeah offensive lines takes in taking some major hits it was a struggle for the uh without a doubt it was a huge struggle for the atlanta falcons last season this year coming back healthy i do expect them to be a wild card and probably losing the first round to possibly the minnesota vikings if minnesota does wind up winning the division this year but uh i do believe minnesota will win the game 24 to 7 multiple turnovers maybe maybe just one for each team but multiple turnovers a total uh delvin cook will get in the end zone in this game in my humble opinion i expect over 100 yards from him and i could definitely see uh madison being a factor in the game as well i i absolutely can see that happening for the minnesota vikings down the stretch against the atlanta falcons so with that said minnesota again will win the game Put it this way, if the Vikings don't win this game, not good. Not good at all. I mean, this is one of those ceiling, Alexander, you know, this is one of those ceiling type of games where you got to break the glass ceiling. If you can't get past the Atlanta Falcons in the first game of the season, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't mean we're going to stink or anything, but it's going to hurt really bad. It's a tiebreaker position where if you're fighting for that wild card, say the Bears are really good again, or maybe Green Bay somehow miraculously takes off and has a 12-4 and type of season, which got to be virtually impossible no it's not with Aaron Rodgers it's not virtually impossible but with the rest of the roster it kind of is in my opinion no offense to any Wisconsin listeners but I'm just leading that direction there I'm just trying to give you an honest opinion without being too much of a homer Um, don't lose to the Atlanta Falcons I mean this is you're coming out of the gate right away here with an extremely extremely important game if you're trying to make the playoffs I mean in the NFL every game is a must win in a lot of ways in a lot of ways, it is. I mean, say you go to Detroit, you really, really need to win that game. And maybe it's not a must-win, but you need to win that game. Obviously, tiebreakers, this and that. Not just for a tiebreaker versus Detroit, but a tiebreaker in general. you got to have a better divisional record if you're going to be a top seed. Uh, the Vikings losing to Detroit in 2017 was not a good thing. It effed up the season when we lost that home game the, the, to the Detroit Lions. Of course, Delvin Cook had the ACL in that game. That prevented the Vikings from having home field advantage. Um, would Atlanta have, or excuse me, Philadelphia have not been the same team coming in? Possibly. I, I think the Vikings' chances were would would have improved a little bit. It's just that run that Philly went on I, versus us in that New England was really something. Um, but the Falcons just about had them beat. I mean, just one more catch, maybe like the, a call going Atlanta's way, this or that. Oh God, that one still haunts me to this day. I'm sick about it. Well, I actually wanted Atlanta to win an important playoff game after what happened uh, how many years prior. It would have been, I don't even want to remember anymore. 
freaking can't take it. I <laughs> can't take it. It was 19 years prior. God, it's been that long. Whew. 21 years now from the 98 Minnesota Vikings. Well, again, 24-17. Let's get to the actual fan interaction segment here, if we can humanly possibly do that. Again, Minnesota will get to their 20th victory versus the Atlanta Falcons, God willing. At Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show, Vinrock Vince Germano out of Melbourne, Australia. And very cool, his uh, logo on his Twitter account at this moment is the Cleveland Browns. I like it. And you know what? Again, good luck to the Cleveland Browns. Remember, I shouted out to him earlier in this episode. And uh, go Cleveland. Go Cleveland, buddy. And I, I hope they can get it done at the end of the day. i got to do a minor edit there. I almost forgot. There's going to be a soundbite put in there. <laughs> Occasionally those... Yeah, let's just leave that alone. Thank you for retweeting the show. Vinrock Vince Germano out of Melbourne, Australia. I think that's it for any type of interaction. Everything else is just little tweet highlights like this guy like this, this guy like that. Uh, Mr. Uh, Gerald String has taken to Twitter as well. He has no logo on his account. No profile picture we'll say on his account just yet. Wow. Some irritated people here. This is absolutely disgusting. F this. Blah, blah, blah. State of the Vikings just said that. I wonder what he's pissed off about. Uh, okay. Wow. So, yep, the whole Kyle Slaughter situation will be released. This was, like, yesterday. Wow, it's, that's the newest one. Um, yep. Oh, okay, I'm going to give this guy a follow. If any, Odenigmo. There he is. That's the guy. And, yep, the show does go on. He did make the team, and that's freaking awesome. Uh, let's talk about some of the guys now that have been coming to the practice squad, and pretty cool that they were able to make it. I mean, you know, the dream lives on. It, isn't that what it's all about? The dream lives on. It, it's a beautiful thing. I, I couldn't be happier for him uh, at the end of the day. Again, all these guys that uh, make the roster or at least get to the practice squad. Again, ah, Laquan Treadle officially has gone unclaimed. Officially has gone unclaimed. Now, other guys that did go, that did get claimed, Corey Vedvik is going to go to the uh, New York Giants. <laughs> what? I mean, that's freaking awful. Or let's just say the New York Jets. Excuse me. Corey Vedvik is going to go to the New York Jets. That just came out wrong, and I apologize for that. Uh, he's going to be their kicker. They released their kicker and claimed Corey Vedvik off waivers. Isn't that just great? Isn't that just the happiest thing ever? That, yeah, it really makes us look stupid, the whole situation. He gave up a fifth-round pick, and now he's the Jets kicker and stuff, and uh, whatever. He'll probably be the best kicker in the AFC and probably make the Pro Bowl. That's just probably, that's just how it always goes. Uh, the other one, Brandon Zilstra. Mr. Zilstra is going to be uh, winding up with the, <laughs> Mr. Zilstra is going to wind up with the Carolina Panthers. Pretty cool. So good for him. He gets to move on and be on an NFL roster, hopefully for his sake, if not just the practice squad. And now as we move on to actually our practice squad, again, like as I was saying, the dream lives on. And a couple of these guys, it puts a smile on my face to see their names here that they're Careers get to live on. I'm very happy, and they might wind up on the Vikings roster this year. You never know. Uh, it was said there was eight. Now it's nine players have been claimed or, well, you know, put on the Minnesota Vikings practice squad. Fullback, Kari Blazingame. So very happy for him. Great. Kari Blazingame did wind up with the Minnesota Vikings practice squad. The dream does live on for him. And you know what? He had a good enough preseason. He at least deserves something of, a, of another look. Not surprising at all. Jake Browning. Clears waivers and is now on the Minnesota Vikings practice squad. So Washington's Jake Browning will be the Minnesota Vikings' third quarterback, basically. I mean, he is. Like, who, who else is it at the end of the day? Uh, who knows what would happen? Let's just not think about guys getting hurt. Offensive line, Avante Collins. Yep, he's just 
had his moments with Minnesota last year. He had a couple of moments, and he was not that bad at all. Uh, wide receiver Davian Davis, cool. So nice to see him getting another chance. Linebacker Devontae Downs, draft pick last season in the middle late rounds there. Stacy Keeley, defensive end, also brought back once again from our club. Cornerback Nate Med uh, Medors, and well, we get that. Obviously, we can now have some cornerback depth, and uh, we'll see what happens with uh, Mr. Fields. Mark Fields also claimed. He called himself, what did he call himself? The Black Bruce Lee or something? That's on like his, one of his, was it Instagram? I wouldn't know anything about Instagram because I just don't use it. That's all there is to say there. Uh, seventh round pick this season, Dylan Mitchell. And fifth round pick, Cameron Smith. Both back with the Minnesota Vikings, at least in the practice squad uh, spot here. So at least they get a chance to for their uh, dream to live on. A couple of wide receivers, couple of linebackers. Both of them were draft picks in terms of the linebackers. Devontae Downs last year, Cameron Smith this year. A lot of people thought Cameron Smith was going to be on the NFL roster, but, well, it ended up not being the case. So we're just going to have to let that, uh, you know, kind of play out over the next uh, couple weeks and months and maybe into next season. We'll see what happens. And Jake Browning will remain with the Vikings one way or another, at least with the practice squad. So at least these guys can make uh, over $100,000 a year just being part of a practice squad here. So that's cool. So their career lives on. They get to make a pretty penny this uh, during the season, and hell yeah. I mean, God bless all of these guys. I did post this on the Facebook page. So, again, this is very important stuff if you're a Minnesota Vikings fan. Of course, because one of these guys, this might end up being something. As, was it years ago, about five years ago, there was a guy named Adam Thielen on this little short list here of, like, uh, it was a 10, 10 players, 10 players maximum. There's nine right now. You always leave one spot open because you just never know if there's a certain guy you really uh, that slipped through the cracks that you just want to at least squeeze in there and uh, wait and see what happens. Thank you, Daily Norseman, for uh, keeping this together for us and keeping up with us. Thank you, Daily Norseman, locally here. Big shots uh, with SB Nation. They're yeah, they they've hit the big time. Yes, sir. At least for the most part, they sure they certainly have. <laughs> certainly have. Maybe they've heard of me. No, I don't know. <laughs> maybe they have. Maybe they haven't. But uh, well, again, always happy to see, always happy to see this list. I mean, I, I'm so happy for these guys. I, I'm saying that with full sincerity. I mean, what if that was you, your dream? You're chasing the NFL, and then, damn it, you got cut. But then you cleared waivers. Okay, well, that's it. Sucks that you cleared waivers because you'd rather get claimed. And well, here we go. You know, four hundred thousand dollars. Blah 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 blah. Five hundred thousand. You know, NFL minimum at the very least. But then at least this happens. I mean, I'll take this money over anything I'm doing right now. I got, I, got, I got to tell you. Let me tell you. I make a fraction of what these guys make. So, uh, with overtime, I might get to about half. <laughs> Isn't that exciting? Okay, when you put the two jobs together, yes. Yes, half is very much in play. Let's leave that alone. None, none of your damn business, right? I just basically let the cat out of the bag there. Cute. Well, Twitter's wrapped up because there's just not a whole lot of interaction going on there. Somebody just waved at me. Thank you for that. Uh, get back to you at some point. <laughs> Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. A little bit of interaction here, which I always appreciate. And one of the legends of all time here. First ballot Hall of Famer for the Purple Mafia Show here. Mark Carlson, member since 2012, or at least that I've known of. Yep, known him since 2012 during that fun season where Christian Ponder was actually good for a little while. He stunk most of the time, but he was good for a little while that year. Mark Carlson says, finally, we get this party started. Again, Mark Carlson from Iowa. Joey, I will admit that your voice sounded a little bit subdued, but if you hadn't said anything, I probably wouldn't have noticed. Thanks for getting us up to speed. Great job, and I'm sure... And I sure look forward 
to the season preview episode, which this one is. Cooler weather and fall colors. Skull, Mark from Iowa. It's definitely cooler weather. This is, uh, for those of you state fairgoers, this is probably about as, well, I wouldn't call it chilly, but comfortable generally, except until today when it's kind of wet and no wind and icky. I don't know. It's not, uh, it's not raining. It's just kind of icky. And it's not humid, but it's kind of icky because it did rain in the morning and it's not drying much because there's no wind. But uh, no, that was the comment on the most recent episode um, just a week ago, 293. So we're getting the Purple Mafia train chugging here. We're getting the train chugging forward as uh, there's a train track right out my window here. Well, eh, it's a, maybe 100 feet or so. Yeah, a couple hundred feet. And uh, yeah, it gives us some nice loud noises sometimes late at night, but that's how it goes, ladies and gentlemen. Vikings had released uh, wide receiver Jordan Taylor and cornerback Benny Benwicker. I thought Benny Benwicker was going to wind up on the roster one way or another, but he didn't. Vikings apparently uh, going in a different direction here. Jordan Taylor just didn't look like anything was going on there. There's just nothing special out of that one. And I'm sorry to say, I know uh, Mr. Gerald Stringer was a Purple Mafia Hall of Famer from Nebraska. He's a, you know, the Broncos are his second favorite team, and of course he knew a little bit about Jordan Taylor, so I'm not sure he's too happy to see that happen, but it kind of is what it is. Didn't show a whole lot, unfortunately. Um, Dave Vicky out of Iowa, who's also Hall of Fame, he said it looked like he had the size but just didn't seem to have the talent. Yeah, uh, William Carr, who's definitely a, emerging nicely the last year or so. Welcome aboard this, this show. Love you, William Carr. He says, hit the road, kids, and make room for some real Vikings. Whew! Kind of, uh, kind of corporate there, aren't you? So you live in uh, North Auburn, California. So cool, very cool. Sierra College, interesting. Sorry to poke here a little bit, but uh, interesting, interesting. So he's from California. So that's good to know. William Carr from California. For me, it's good to know. You kind of get to know people when you see where they're from, and just kind of they just kind of develop their identity as a part of this uh, show for the next several years. Hopefully, hopefully many more years to come. The Vikings cut kicker. Corey Vedvik after trading for him. Fifth round pick, of course. And I said something that annoyed Trey Buckholes a little bit because the way I worded it. At the beginning, I was saying, stop trading fifth round picks for kickers. No, uh, I didn't mean trading. I meant burning fifth round picks. Or I should have just said burning draft picks for kickers, just like we did years ago as well for a punter years ago. Uh, and, of course, Jeff Locke. We used a, a draft pick for Jeff Locke, who was very, very, very mediocre. And then there was the one way back in, like, 2006, Back in the Scott Sisson days as well. Scott Sisson was a kicker for a year back in 06, if I remember correctly. Was it 05, 06, Scott Sisson? Remember that guy? Pretty mediocre, but uh, poor guy. He got beated out by uh, Greg Davis as a kicker. This was way back. I don't even remember. Man, that's a long time ago. Oh, boy. I was saying this front office is losing their mind. Stop burning draft picks for kickers, basically, is what I meant to say. Matt Emer out of the UK. Welcome back and board. Always love to hear from Matt Emer. He says, brilliant, really. Think the issue is deeper than the players. Uh, it's kind of all the above. Kind of all the above. Yep. And I sense a little sarcasm when he said, brilliant, really. <laughs> Gerald String out of Nebraska says, like, no kidding. Wiles, as in, yeah, Matt Wile uh, said, uh, I thought he had a decent year last year with a net average over 40 yards and Bailey, one of the most prolific kickers in recent history, probably wasn't up to par last year, but I still trust him in big spots. He would have not missed three field goals in Green Bay last year and will probably be better this season, I would bet. Now we lost another draft pick. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, it's been extremely frustrating. You gained a seventh rounder, though, when you when you got rid of, when you traded away uh, Isadora, though. Danny Isadora, you got a seventh rounder, Gerald. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, <laughs> seventh round. 
Well, once in a while, we do well with the seventh-round picks, I think. William Carr says, keep an eye out for freshman Nevada Wolfpack kicker with seconds left booted. 56-yard game winner was handed game ball and scholarship in locker room. Interesting. Well, maybe someday. Maybe someday that's uh, going to be our kicker or just some, or he'll succeed somewhere else, unfortunately for us, as long as it's not one of the division rivals, I suppose. Tanae Brown out of New Zealand, a legend of a guy. Love him very much out of New Zealand. Timberwolves Explosion, just superstar, legend, Hall of Famer, just like uh, Vince Germano. And yes, he does follow this show and follow the Vikings. It gotta love him so much. Uh, he says, uh, just go for it on 4,000 two-point conversions, or we should have backed the leg of Bailey all along. Either way, what a waste of a pick. I agree. It is a waste of a pick. It really is. Uh, Trey Buckles, yep, a little annoyed with me here because of the way I worded it, which was not smart of me. What I knew I screwed up to, and I just left it there because, ugh. He said, what other kicker did they did they trade for? Yeah, that's the only one. They just, uh, well, I guess they kind of traded up to get, they traded up to get Carlson. I think that's what threw me off a little bit. They did trade up in the fifth round to get Carlson. So kind of, sort of, I guess. But uh, I was saying I should have worded it differently using fifth-round picks like Carlson. And, of course, uh, Jeff Locke and the other one many years ago. I don't know why I'm forgetting that guy. I don't feel like looking him up right now because it's so long ago. And they cut him after, like, two years or something. Again, another one. They just cut him after two years. Oh, man. Mm, stupid. It's so frustrating, isn't it? Uh, but, yep, Kari Vedvik. And he is Corey Vedvik. It's not Kari. Corey Vedvik is going to kick for the Jets. He is the kicker for the Jets, if they like it or not. He's the kicker. They dumped the other guy they had who was uh, also had also not uh, kicked a field goal in the NFL game yet. Uh, and on they move. In, in that case of the New York Jets, he is the main dude. Uh, the talk was, yep, they reveal all the final cuts, including... Corey Vedvik, Kyle Sloter, which frustrated a lot of people because Kyle Sloter is Mr. August, but maybe he should have been more than Mr. August, I think. I think Kyle Sloter is good enough to be in the NFL, and he is not on the Vikings practice squad at the moment. I wouldn't be surprised if he winds up on an NFL team, though. Actually, an NFL roster. I would not be surprised if Kyle Sloter does wind up that way, especially a team like the Colts or something which probably would be wise to do. Uh, if Minnesota gets it, that'd be nice. Gerald String says, WTF, what else would Slaughter have to do? I know they said he doesn't practice well, but who the hell cares? Just hope someone gives the kid a better shot somewhere. Some days I think we have our heads up too far, our butts around here. SMH, shaking my head for those of you wondering what that means. Yeah, and I think we do too, especially with the kickers. It's just this, this kicker thing is ridiculous. Can we just calm down a little bit? You have Dan Bailey. He's he's not bad. He's not bad. And Matt Weil, well, you're the ones that cut the guy we had before in 2017. I mean, I loved that guy. Um, I even liked Kai Forbath a little bit. And Kai Forbath proved to be pretty clutch. He, he, that was pretty amazing what, what he was able to accomplish. Ryan Quigley. I mean, that's the one I would have loved to have had. I mean, what was the point? He led the league in kicks in the, in, 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 in the 20. I mean, he was able to place kicks in the 20. That is incredible. Um, he led the league in that category, and he's looking for a job still. Like, what What the heck is that? Isn't that the darndest thing? What did he do that's preventing him from having a, uh, an NFL job? I, I don't understand what happened to Ryan Quigley. I mean, he wasn't even 30 years old. He was 27, and he was pretty good for Arizona the year before as well. Uh, look at his net averages with the New York Jets, three years, 45 and a half, 45, almost 46, 43, basically just under 44. 
I don't know. I, I don't know, guys. I don't know what the deal was with uh, cutting Ryan Quigley. That one still bugs me. I'm not sure. So talk about head up your ass. That, that's a big one for me. Vikings definitely had their head up their ass with that one. Uh, Matt Weil, he's been okay. And I, I don't know. I mean, the other guy was so gall darn inconsistent. I don't know what else to say. Weil actually did average further in his situation. But let's put this into perspective. Again, how good was the Vikings offense last year? I mean, it was, yeah, you had talent in the offense. You had some spectacular moments. But in some of those games when the Vikings were not playing well, Matt Weil pretty much had to kick from far away especially after some just some three and outs and stuff that didn't work out so well. Ah, what the hell. I mean, Matt Wiles' numbers were better with the 45-pointers, so that's good. So at least that looks looks like a decent thing, and I know that's when people were talking about Matt Wiles was worth keeping. And Well, like him or not, he's the kicker anyway, so the hell with that conversation. Let's just move on. He's 27 now also, just like Ryan Quigley, who I really actually liked Ryan Quigley, but maybe he didn't have the booming leg that maybe Wiles possibly does. I guess I guess he has a booming leg. To a point. Um, kicked it for a couple moments for Arizona, Atlanta. Just a couple moments there. He had a 58-yard average and, and two punts with Atlanta. Yet ended up and ended up with Arizona. I don't know what the deal was with that. But in the 20, uh, Matt Wild did have 27 last year. So that is good. Let's let's be honest. So good. He had a couple of touchbacks. Unfortunately, uh, Ryan Quigley had zero touchbacks in 2017. Zero touchbacks in 2017. See, that's another stat that can't go overlooked. That's that's good. And I don't know. They they just let him go and signed a guy nobody ever heard of, basically, who had a couple of big booming kicks for the Atlanta Falcons before moving on to Arizona for a couple of seconds. Interesting that Quigley and uh, Matt Weil kicked for Arizona right before coming to the Minnesota Vikings, I guess. Um, that's kind of funny. So we'll continue to move forward again after looking at all those cuts. Vikings did wind up with Browning, which is good. Got a couple of likes there, and that's pretty much it for the Facebook page. So I'm going to pass out the stars for the past two weeks. I apologize I didn't do it sooner. I mean, William Carr's got to get something. I mean, he's got to get a star. Uh, got to love what William Carr has contributed the past couple of weeks, to just say the least. Uh, Gerald String, Mark Carlson, all you guys are going to get one for sure. Uh, Dave Hickey as well. Dave Hickey's going to ring in the bronze. He's going to ring in the Bronze Star. Uh, I think, uh, boy, Gold Star is going to go to, (laughs) it's so tough, it always is. Gold Star is going to go to William Carr for this episode. Mark Carlson and Gerald Spring will share the Silver Star for this episode. Of course, these are like like the awards for like the, the, the commenter of the show, blah, 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 blah. That's basically what it is. And it's nothing personal one way or another. Like, oh, gosh, this guy's so great, and this guy's this, and this guy's that. No, it's just passing out recognition to those of you for your contributions to the show, and I appreciate it so much. And sometimes funny comments, this and that, too. You can make me chuckle here and there. But, of course, loyalty and just awesomeness. Mark Carlson and Gerald String are just the greatest ever. Tanae Brown always, too. I'm going to give him a bronze, even though he made one comment. It was, it was good. Actually, he made a couple the past two weeks, so he gets like a silver-plated bronze uh, along with Dave Vicky there. Um, so I'm kind of in the giving mood again, getting back to things, especially the fact that it was two weeks uh, and I didn't even pass out the stars last week, which was kind of rude to me. Uh, William Carl ringing the gold, Mark Carlson and Gerald ringing in the silver, Dave Hickey and Tenney Brown ringing in the bronze. Thank you again, guys, for your contributions to this podcast. It's always greatly appreciated. Another way to get in touch with this show, one way or another, is to get into the phone lines where you can hear your voice with mine. Uh, of course, 
Dave Martin out of Northern Scotland. Uh, Tony Brown has done it on Timberwolves Explosion in the past. Mark Carlson's called in. Brent Jacobson has called in. Gerald String has called in. Just love you guys when you call in one way or another, either the phone lines or the audio submission. Anybody else out there, too, that wants to call in for the first time would be greatly appreciated. Heck, William Carr, you know, call in one way or another using your smartphone or maybe you have a, a laptop or desktop with Audacity and a microphone. Go for it. So, first of all, there's the phone line, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Purple Mafia. Enter your statement, shout-out, comment, question. Leave your name in town like Mark from Iowa or Tanae from New Zealand or whatever. You know, this and that. It's always greatly appreciated. And, of course, uh, give your opinion. It's a three-minute limit because it is an actual voicemail. So, be aware of that. It will cut you off, unfortunately, after three minutes. The one that really doesn't have a limit is the audio submission route, which I highly recommend. Dave Martin uses it often when uh, during the season and such, and he is one of the legends of this show. My goodness, is he good. <laughs> I just, you know, it's so awesome. Uh, the way you go through that is you use a free voice recording application on your smart device one way or another. Most of them have built-in apps, basically, you can use. Treat it like a phone call and... After you're done, save it and send it to PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com. PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com. I will then convert the file into an MP3 so I can put it into the show, put it into the uh, Audacity software using Zamzar or Converto.com, two great websites that give a free service if it's not a big enough, if it's not a big file. And if you need a larger file, like a whole darn podcast, then there's a fee, which is worth it. You know, it's worth it if you have a whole darn podcast. I might end up doing that some days if need be, because some days my schedule's really tough and I gotta, because my wife's trying to sleep and I can't record at night like I used to years ago <laughs> when we weren't married. So it's one of those situations. Maybe I have to use a different device and kind of hide somewhere and record it uh, where I'm not waking her up one way or another. <laughs> that type of thing. And then I'd use Zomzar that way and pay a fee that way. So it kind of is what it is. With that said, again, please do write a positive rating if you can on iTunes or Google Podcasts. Or should I say Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, whatever it is. The app is called Apple Podcasts. It's on your Apple devices. Google Podcasts is so nice on Google on Android devices. So awesome. What a nice application that is. It literally mirrors iTunes. So anything that's been on Apple goes to Google as well. Uh, please write a positive rating if you could. It'd be greatly, 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 greatly appreciated. And I will give you a shout out and guarantee you at least a bronze star at the bare minimum on the episode, if not the flat-out gold, which could happen. You just never know, depending on what you say there and all that. But one way or another, any type of contribution like that is worth its weight in gold, and I can't thank you enough for doing that. With that said, I'm going to wish all of you a wonderful start to the season. Be safe, enjoy it, and hopefully the weather stays dry and cool and comfortable. Warm, maybe warm if you want to get out and swim again, which is always nice, depending on what part of the country you're in as well. Uh, or part of the world, actually, which is also the fascinating part of podcasting. It's worldwide, baby. Worldwide. It's not a national show. It's a worldwide show. Ooh, got to like that, don't you? So with that said, Skull Vikings, let's uh, win the division, even though I haven't uh, picked that, unfortunately, at this point. I think the Bears probably will win it, but maybe we will. Maybe the Vikings will win the division. And it's those pivotal games against Dallas, Green Bay, Seattle that could change the season dramatically. If the Vikings lose all three, 10 and 6, and we'll be fighting for a wild card, you can somehow win one or two of those games. And uh, boy, oh boy, it'll be very, very interesting to see how the Vikings go. Maybe pull off a crazy one and, be, and win in Kansas City. That'd be nuts. 
but don't follow that by losing at home to Detroit or something stupid like that. Wait, what the heck? I was literally just finishing the show and Vikings changed their punter. This team is weird. Okay, well, but actually, I kind of like who they picked up here. Not bad. Uh, I was literally just closing out the show, and yeah, this popped up. So Minnesota Vikings actually have released Matt Weil. So everything wonderful I said about Matt Weil, well, I mean, hopefully that'll pass on to the next team, and best of luck to him, unfortunately. Uh, I'm sure he's going to get picked up, actually. But uh, this is the guy, not bad. Britton Colquitt. Britton Colquitt, his career is not going to quit because he has been claimed by the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Matt Wiles on his way out. This is an established veteran punter. Cleveland Browns, a team for the longest time that needed one of the best punters in football. And, well, but Britton Colquitt was pretty good. Uh, born in 1985, March 20th, Knoxville, Tennessee, undrafted out of Tennessee. 6'3", 210. Okay. Enough of the physical attributes. Let's see what he can do. Uh, he's averaged 45 and a half a game on his punts. He was in 20 32 times last year, which was just shy of a career high of 33 for the 2011 Denver Broncos. Hmm, Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos. And yes, he did win a Super Bowl with the Denver Broncos in 2015. They moved on to the Cleveland Browns in 2016. Started his career in 2010. Has played in all 16 games in every single season since 2010. And he has had a he had a 79-yard punt last year. That was unbelievable. Career long there. 63 in 2010, 66 in 2011, 67 in 2012, 60 in 2013, 65 in 2014, 62 in 2015, 65 in 2016, 67 in 2017. And of course, last year the 79er, uh, 45.4. He averaged 47.6 for the 2017 Cleveland Browns, and that was a career high, just 0.2 past the 47.4 he had for the 2011 Denver Broncos. Again, very successful, very solid punter. Uh, he's had four blocked punts in his career, two last year, so watch out. That's a career high, and he had six touchbacks last year. Uh, seven touchbacks with his first two seasons with the Denver Broncos back in the day. Of course, like most punters, he went undrafted. Like most kickers, he went undrafted. Pick kickers and punters, uh, several in 20s throughout his career. He's had a heck of a run, and... Uh, Welcome to the Minnesota Vikings, Brandon Colquitt. You got your nice established veteran here. Probably going to be better than Ryan Quigley and uh, Matt Wiles. So, Britton Colquitt, not Brandon. Uh, welcome aboard, Britton. Britton Colquitt sounds like a British name and stuff, but ends up being from Knoxville, Tennessee. Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, Britton Colquitt's coming to the Vikings. So, yeah, good. There it is. Uh, okay, so one extra little flash here at the end of the, uh, the show. The Vikings have an established punter, and hopefully, yes, he will continue to keep the Vikings in good field position. Hopefully we won't have to wear out his leg with a lot of three and outs. Let's stop doing that type of stuff, and uh, there you go. Uh, this is a good move. Uh, I feel for Matt Weil. That's got to suck. After all that, probably the, the, the sleepless nights that son of a gun went through, and he made it. He made it. They cut the other guy, and no... Welcome to the horrors of NFL, of the NFL, when it's a practice squad day, so to speak. This is the, this is what happens. This is what happens. Guys get claimed off waivers or, or picked up or signed or whatever, and the guy who thought he made the team ended up getting pushed to the curb anyway, so just uh, hours later. But uh, Britton Colquitt, this is a good move for the Minnesota Vikings. Hopefully he can, can continue to do what he's done over his career, and, uh, and if he does, good move. And I got to think this is definitely a uh, Gary Kubiak move. Gary Kubiak worked with Britton Colquitt when they won the Super Bowl. So, nice. With that said, best of luck to all of you. Boy, this ended up being even longer than last year. I thought last year's show was long. 
ended up being even longer, but when you have a little news flash here at the end with the exciting puncher edition from the Cleveland Browns, who, yeah, okay, well, he should be a good fit for us. And with that said, again, have a nice week. Take care. Go Vikings and defeat those Atlanta Falcons to start off the season.